So I thought I was the queen of Airbnb. Check the profile. I visited all the places. However, how can I truly be a queen if I have never been a host? Didn't even think about it, y'all. It's time to think about it because my place is cute. Why not share? I know. I got you thinking about it now. All right. Well, don't think about it. Be about it. Find out how you can be a host at airbnb.com slash host. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple. 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hi, it's Sugar Steve from Questlove Supreme. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So, check out Discover Cashback Debit a game-changing checking account with cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right, cash back isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Course Love Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. This classic episode was produced by the team at Pandora. What up, y'all? It's Laia. And this QLS classic episode is all about our MSMAC girl, Stephanie Rule. Yep, no stone gets unturned in this classic episode. Stephanie Rule, MSNBC News anchor, talks about her transition from Wall Street to news anchor and shares her views on complicated issues. Oh, yeah, we had some real hard talks Uh, from the 2011 financial crisis to free speech and the Me Too movement. And remember that time we all talked about the N-word with Stephanie Rule? Oh, yeah, you want to listen to this episode. This episode originally aired April 3rd, 2019. Enjoy. Suprema, su, su, Suprema Roll Call. 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 Industry rules. Yeah. You know the rules. Yeah. Y'all know the rules. Yeah. Roll Call. Suprema, Suprema Roll Call. Suprema. Suprema Roll Call. My name is Fonte. Yeah. Ha ha ha. Yeah. With Stephanie Rule. Yeah. No relation to job. Roll Call. Suprema. Suprema Roll Call. Suprema. Suprema Roll Call. Let's go to school. Yeah. With Stephanie Rule. Yeah. Just talk slowly. Yeah. This ain't a jewel. Roll Call. Yeah. Suprema roll call. Suprema, uh, su, su, Suprema roll call. Before we get to yeah, an ep that's cool. Yeah, to work in TV news. Yeah, Boss Bill went to school. Roll call. Suprema, su, su, Suprema roll call. Suprema, su, su, Suprema roll call. It's Laia. Yeah. With Stephanie Rule. Yeah. She's smart as hell. Yeah. And she'll shade you too. <laughs> roll call. Hey. Suprema. Suprema roll call. Suprema. Suprema roll call. My name's Seth Rule. Yeah. yeah. I came to hang. 
Yeah. I'm gonna do this thing. Suprema roll call. Suprema, Suprema roll call. Suprema, Suprema roll call. Suprema, Suprema roll call. Oh, I can't thank myself right now. Nah, yeah, no. you, you no, hit it with a nice assist. You, it was a tip in. But uh, yeah. Steve got Two that. Points. Steve got it. He, he the winner. Yeah. Steve might be the winner. This is not a joke. Uh, well, me or Fonte. Okay. Yeah. All right, me. Great. I lost. <laughs> nobody, nobody cares about but my life experience. But we learned something about you. I <laughs> care about your life experience, Bill. Has anybody ever? You were RTF major in, in cool Indiana. And cool, but I've got for a long time. Yeah, people did cut see what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have a conversation. <laughs> but like, not many things rhyme with Amir. Mm. Thank God. The chair. Amir, Kamir. Yeah. Cashmere. Fucked Fear. up first no. pitch at a at a baseball game. <laughs> Is that wrong with the man? <laughs> no, it, it wasn't a fucked up pitch, Steve. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome to another installment of Quest Love Supreme. Uh, I'm your host, Quest Love Jenkins, and uh, we got Team Supreme in the house. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Everything. Fonte, how, how's uh, home life? Now, home life is cool. Um, I've been getting back into my dancing. You know what I'm saying? Say what? Uh -oh. yeah, what? Back on my, my dancing. like Baby powder uh, all on the floor? Nah, nah, nah. I don't, I don't quite use the baby powder. I just do um, I do my Chicago stepping. Like, so, you know. Oh, yeah, I dance. Oh, my God, it's like a ride dancing with Fonte. It so is eventually fabulous. you don't get to the baby powder on the floor. I, it might. The baby powder is in route. Is there a society in North Carolina of grown oh, yeah. and sexy dancing? Oh, yeah, steppers. Like, we do... Uh, we do like for the older for the black set, uh -huh. we do Chicago step. But then for like the older white set, it's East Coast swing, like Lindy Hop, like all of that. West Coast swing, all of and that. What does baby is powder this? have to do? This with is it? like oh, right down the street from my crib. Somebody school step on the baby powder. Oh, the baby <laughs> baby powder on the so at house parties, like with like music, the parties that play house music, sometimes like at the end of the night when the drugs have really kicked in. People will put baby powder on the floor. And they like, do. It helps you dance. It helps you just move. Oh, slide more. around. Oh, Yo, yeah. That's funny because I was going to just say that's how Janelle Monae did her dancing in the first couple of years. She that's how she performed. She oh, really? Across the floor. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't ruin the wingtips at the bottom of the shoe, or I don't. I've never done. The I baby don't think powder. it would clean the floor. I've only seen it in action once, once in my life. Really? Where was it? What color? Where was it at? Um, I went to like one of the body and soul parties here in New oh, York. God, yes. And yeah, it was yeah. baby powder all up on that floor. Is that like a nails grown and sexy? It, no, that's like a house music party. Like, wow. oh, okay. I think who does that party? I, I'm, I should be ashamed of myself. I should know that. Steph, you was a dancer. I'm always. Well, a wait, dancer. time out. Hey, Let, let's introduce our guest. Oh, stop! Uh, <laughs> <That's> my bad. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, today uh, our guest is, I guess, my part-time work wife. Hey, are we there? And yet? your real friend. Okay, well, I'm gonna get to that. I'm gonna <laughs> and get to your that. Real friend. You don't know that yet. You're. Mm. I have a few part-time work wives well. at, at Thirty Rock, but yeah, <laughs> and my real friend. Uh, but basically, I'll I'll say that you got to put your trust in someone to inform you of what's going on, and I'm the kind of guy that still wakes up at eight 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 a.m. nine a.m. to make sure that the the world still. Running, imploded. yeah, it has it imploded, yeah. And uh, our our next guest today, I kind of trust her to give me give me the straight how a T I T I Z. Wait, how, it was always T I Z. T I is. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 
Your black card just got loose. Really? Restrictions. No, no, no. Just a couple restrictions. You got it, but you, we just restrictions. Yeah, you saved it from going off in the wind. Thank you. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, one of my- must wear glasses while, while being black. <laughs> <laughs> one, ladies and gentlemen, uh, one of my favorites uh, at my building at, at 30 Rockefeller Plaza, MSNBC's own Stephanie Rule. Welcome yes, to thank you. So we were talking about baby powder. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So you put the baby powder on the floor that helps you slide. But um, but now nah, me and my wife—that's what I've been doing. So we get back in that dancing. We do uh, Chicago step. I do like it all, but she kind of just sticks to the step. Well, yeah. just from a DJ yeah. standpoint. So this is kind of a grown in sec. Is it like an over thirty? Like just mostly yeah, over thirty. So like for a DJ set. The stepper, like the funny thing is, like when people think of stepping, they think of stepping name of love, R. Kelly, whatever. Mm-mm. That tempo is like really kind of too fast. So like the slow, the sexy ballroom is gonna fall anywhere from like, like between the sheets. You can't. That's you can. Yep. Footsteps in the dark. Not that footsteps might be too slow. I bet but re- you can do it. Is it really good for your marriage? It is. I bet it, it would be. It keeps you. It keeps we you. We gotta moving. have something to do. Yeah, you gotta have something. Like and movies I love, get boring. Dinner, yeah, just whatever. Just the movies, just the Netflix and chill. You know. But we also, did that. when you're married, like the beautiful thing about being together and dancing, you don't need to talk because talking when you're married involves like <laughs> life and no, but just like <laughs> so talking. much men. Like, how do you go from? I'm dealing with bills. I'm dealing with life. I'm dealing with who you're putting to bed. To hey, nah, what's I wanna up? Fuck you. Yeah. But dancing takes that out. No, dancing is the it is the vertical expression of a horizontal desire. Wow. Ooh, write that down. Yo, if Bill were Yo. here right now, <laughs> he would have been lost his mind. <laughs> I mean, but you also realize they call sex the horizontal mambo. So you know, yeah. hey, there it is. So yeah, well, that's yeah. But we that's what we do. So that's wow. My time. Words of wisdom from uh, fun. Okay. Oh, damn. Steve what? came alive. I'm sorry. I mean, you know, I, I have to represent for unpaid bills. What's your, what's Fonte's song? I forgot. I don't have a song. He I made write, all the I'm songs. Make, no, I'm going to make up one okay, for yeah, Fonte because he kills it with more. Uh, okay. Yeah. I don't have a song. like all scholarly and shit. Yeah. I mean, super <laughs> wisdom or something like that. Um. Anyway, uh, we should also note that... Um, Trustee Zara is here, and she's already shaking her head. No, I'm that she doesn't want to say anything. I don't want to talk. Okay, thank you, Zara. People should, know, people should know that this is only Zara's second appearance here at QLS, which means that whoever she get the guest is, does she must get be any really... word in Edgewise on the uh, yeah, on the Ronan she, Farrow? She got no. a couple words. She got... Yeah, she, no, she was she was active in doing Ronan. You was you was banging. We had Ronan Farrow on the show, Steph. He's a That's serious man. Yeah. Well, not on our show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, he's yeah. He was singing. He was crooning. He was crooning yeah. like little little blue eyes. He, he was crooning. Oh. That was a loaded statement. <laughs> he did it on no Ronan did it on purpose. He knew we was gonna think he about that we, when he know, did it. Come on now. <laughs> well, wait. Let me let me ask you because you know I don't want to be all serious in front of games because everyone knows you for your your seriousness and taking. I can tell them how I know you. Okay. How how do we know each other? So, well, see, I have my story of how we met, okay, and you have your so, story. You so, start first. He and I met, uh, we were doing this wacky conference, okay. uh, and it was Quest, it was Steve Aoki and I, and we just like really got on. And it unlikely was trio, just, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah unlikely is, trio. Yeah. And uh, we really got on, and blah, blah, blah. And then he invited me to one of his food salons. And I got to tell you, I felt pretty good about myself. <laughs> <laughs> wait, that's, that's so your take hold, of it? Hold, That's your take of just it? Just wait. I love you for saying that. So just wait. Because so I have a totally She's teaching you whole partner in, TV. Do you hear this? I walk into the food salon, 
and like my husband's with me and I'm like, yep, what's up? You know, here I am, I'm at Quest Food Salon. And I run into the fashion designer, Layla Rose, who I hadn't seen in years and blah, blah, blah. And again, I'm feeling pretty good that I'm there. And I'm like, hey, Layla, great to see you. What are you doing here? You know, like what brings you here? And she's like, oh, I'm a good friend of Amir's. And she's like, how about you? And I'm like, um, I don't know, Amir. I came with Quest. <laughs> and she's like, um, yeah, that's his name. Oh, that's good. And I'm like, oh, my God. Right? And I'm dying. I'm like, at this point, I'm just like power eating everything there. I want to run away. And so I don't even know who to talk to. And at the party, he had this. Instagram installation that every picture you take, you press something and the photograph can get printed and then you get to take the picture home. Okay. So I meet a guy named Kevin. Okay. So I'm so embarrassed by already what's happened. I don't want to talk to any significant person there. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to talk to Kevin who's printing the pictures. At the ear. So I'm like, hey, Kevin, blah, blah. Oh, hey, what's your name? This is cool. I love Instagram. Is it like, oh, That's cool. And I'm like, how long have you been with the company? And he's like, oh, kind of since the beginning. And I'm like, oh, wow. Like, you must have <laughs> nailed it. Like, you must have cashed in. Like, that, blah, blah, right? And I'm literally thinking he's the guy who prints the pictures. <laughs> and I'm looking at him like, God, I feel like I know you. I'm like, did you ever go out with any of my girlfriends? So I'm like, where, like, I'm like, where do you live? Right? Like, thinking maybe yeah. he dated one of my friends. And he's like, California. And I'm like, I don't really know anybody. Like, Right? And all of a sudden, my husband is like, I'm going to need you to shut the fuck up. <laughs> That's the founder of Instagram. Wow. And then I'm like, what? Like, why do you have the founder of Instagram printing the picture? So at that point, Dang I just ate and went home. Dang, boss. No, he, shining, he see, first shining, of all, Stephanie, shining. here's the thing about the 14 job, Amir. <laughs> Luckily, you didn't break up with me after that. Neither. 14 now? Yeah, you lost five jobs today? Damn. I've always had it down to 14, and I'm trying to dig it down to eight. I'm trying to take it down to eight. Word up. Oh, I'm looking Word. for some extra employment. Throw it some my way. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying that neither neither the 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 twain shall meet. And what you did was kind of revealed to these guys. You know what a the, renaissance the, the Bruce, man you are. The Bruce Wayne <laughs> the shiny, part of shiny, my life shiny, shiny. that <laughs> I never ever bring up to the. I knew any oh, moment it was like, wait, bro, you left me for Jay Z and Beyonce's house. I know who you is now. I'm saying I, I, <laughs> like, I've been at game night before. <laughs> I still got to big it to a game night. I made. I got invited to a food salon and was mad I had to miss it. I don't know where you live. Oh, damn. Wait, you never been in my crib before? Not but you do York know one. that his name is Amir. I do. So you're I, winning. You're already winning. I know the middle one, too. It's, yeah, it's, but that's about it. Look, man, my I just bring people together, just indifferent. I do food versions of Questlove Supreme. I do Questlove Supreme's versions of Questlove Supreme. I do jam sessions. And you got popcorns out now. Yeah. <laughs> on, they need to bring that, that shit a shelf up, though. You been to Williams-Sonoma and saw Amir's stuff? Yes, but I didn't know you had popcorn sauce. See, because that's because no one, people, I'm all things to all people. And literally, it, what people know me for, that one thing, that's all they know me for. I have a salt that I am a huge fan of. That's Which one? Like, like Jay-Z. Jane's Crazy Salt. Have you ever had it? Mm -mm, nah, what, what kind? Is I'm going to send it to you. <laughs> what is, what's the secret? It's called what's Jane's the, Crazy Salt? Jane's Crazy Salt. Oh, Jane's Crazy Salt. salt. Okay. And it's like a spice, it's like a salt with a bunch of other stuff in there. Mm. I'm going to mail it to you because they don't have it in New York City. Mm. Yeah. I, th I think the thing is, because if I tell one person what Every everything I do, 
then nah, it just becomes crazy. unnecessary. Yeah, unnecessary. You have to spend time with the person. They got to just see and you know observe. At at said at said J and B's event. Wow. So he did the most mind blowing thing ever and had Daniel Hume cater it, which having Daniel Hume of Eleven Madison. Catering your party is kind of like such rich people talk. I don't even know. I no, it's like not. Having... See, food is not rich people shit. <laughs> yes, it is. It depends on how much it costs, boo. That's a rich people thing to say. Yes. Listen to me. Okay, I'm listening. <laughs> My whole point is that if this guy is catering your party, mm-hmm. you can afford it. Well, listen I mean, to him. <laughs> I am listening to him. My whole point. He's just not finishing his sentences fast enough for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm giving too much space for the <laughs> clapback. Okay. I'm just saying that that's the equivalent of oh, these are the guys that paint my uh, crib, John Michelle and uh, yeah, and, and and Andy, Andy, oh, okay. right? It's okay. it's like that. Okay. So I was rather impressed, but I think he was rather impressed that I knew who Daniel Holmes was because were. I've had of history of conflicts with him. A lot of people ask, like, well, why don't the Roots participate in uh, the Philly uh, uh, Made in America joint? Oh, okay. And, well, part of it is that because of the the picnic and the 4th of July stuff and the other stuff we already do, it's like overkill Mm -hmm. by the time we get to September. However, I've been begging and gunning to curate uh, the the food. No, well, to curate the food trucks and all that stuff. But... Because he doesn't know that I'm kind of a thing in the food world. He hasn't. Who doesn't know? Jay-Z. Jay Jay didn't know. Jay-Z, he don't know Amir's job. That he just thought that was crazy talk. And I'm like, well, dog, I've I've written James Beard-nominated books and New York Times bestseller. Did you say that, though? I wanted, did you say that? uh, You didn't. You didn't. We don't do that. You didn't do it. But that's the thing. If someone don't know the job, then I can't. I I get it. I get it. Yeah. You can't. It just sounds yeah. crazy, dog. He's like, what? Come, come on, dog. I would have just sent Your Carl- music. I just would have sent Carlene the books and said, explain these to your boss when you're done. Yeah, yeah. send him the books. Uh, you. <laughs> well, Carlene knows what time it is. Okay. But she knows. Like, I feel like in order, I think the number one rule to life is people always try to go for the figurehead, and that never works. Yeah. Just get to the, the six people that have their ear, and then that's the, the thing, you know. So anyway, to bring it all back home out of this rabbit hole, yeah, I have a lot of jobs and I make popcorn salt. Yeah, <laughs> the pop, he has the pop, but the popcorn salt. I say the popcorn salt is really more seasoning than it is. Salt. Well, yeah, it's seasoning. It. Yeah. It ain't really salt. I yeah, we yeah. So she went and got some. You did a test taste at the house. Oh yeah, we bought. So my wife she went to Williams Sonoma and she bought because we go to the movies a lot. And normally we'll like buy the popcorn salt like from our grocery mm-hmm. store or whatever, and then just bring it in. But we was like, all right, I'm gonna I support. had you on mine. Yeah, wow. yeah. I was like, no, I was like, yo, I'm gonna support black business. My man got a salt. We we fucking with his salt. So we went and got it, and the salt. <laughs> Don't think Williams Sonoma. It wasn't really salty, it but it does have a female CEO. Yes. Yeah, okay. It's a seasoning. It's a seasoning, and I didn't know that. I know now. So what I do? So the trick, what we do is we'll take your um, cause you got the, avocado. We didn't do the avocado. We got like the sweet kind you got. The, uh, the Saturday morning. The Saturday morning cereal. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is. Damn, the, I had lemon pepper in mine with you. We got the lemon pepper, but the oh, lemon pepper. He called you a Negro. Oh, oh, yeah. Come yeah. on. He knows the demographic. Yeah, no, I love lemon pepper too. I just didn't want to say it out loud. Yeah, no. It's well, no tell him William and Sonoma that was hard because they wanted me to go with barbecue. Nah. No. Black, nah and I was had, like, that's back in the day. Yeah, yeah. we had a black lemon, meeting and the black <laughs> lemon delegation. Pepper lemon, lemon pepper is now. <laughs> is the new black flavor. Right. So what you do is you take, if you take the lemon pepper 
and your other one is really good. It's the uh, the parmesan. The parmesan. Damn, it's if a you lot. Take that and you kind of mix them, and then you hit it with like some salt, salt. So if you hit them with your salt, Stephanie, the crazy Jane's crazy, the Jane's crazy. You mix them with that, and then you add some butter. Oh shit! Actually, you put the butter on first, and then you put the salt and the seasoning so it stick to the popcorn. And Sounds like a souffle at this point. What, more and more what movie were you at? Damn, son. I what movie break. was I in? <laughs> no, you went to the movies. Oh, oh what, we, what did we go see? She, um, It was when she took... Uh, I was actually working in L.A. Uh, she took my son to see Aquaman. So yeah. they, went, they they took it into that. Fine, take a look. So yeah, it's, you got to I might have up. to break my health protocol to try that and see if the shit works. Hey, bro. Hey, listen. It's real, man. I got to rewind it back with a full recipe, though, because that joint was... Yeah, you just take you just take his seasoning no, I believe, I'm, I'm, and the salt with butter. Okay. Put the butter first, hit a little seasoning salt so it stick to the popcorn, and you good money. I had an option to include salt or not include salt, but I figured that... Mm, mm, mm. No, it would have been too much... Oh, because it, it's it's like so, fifty half and eh, you know. So Steph, now you know that I sell popcorn salt. So Many flavors. Many well, well, there's only three, but anyway. how do you like working with William Sonoma? Um, it's cool. I enjoy it. I love it so much. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Who, who's cooler, William or Sonoma? <laughs> Listen, black representation is essential. If I hadn't seen and heard certain black women in radio, I wouldn't be in radio. Women like Robin Breeden, Candy Shannon, Michelle Wright, Deanna Williams. Women owning radio stations like Kathy Hughes. Listen, the next generation of influential black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. Word. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Each episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Smurder to The Wire, Michelle Obama to reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black Stories, Black Truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so I feel silly. Because as much traveling as I do, and as many Airbnbs that I stay in, because that's the only way I travel, I really have never considered my own space. I mean, think about it. What if you can make money for your next vacation while you're on vacation? And I know what you're thinking. You're like, my house is just not fancy enough. I just can't do the things. You're sleeping on your space. I'm sleeping on my space. Yes, I'm talking to myself. And I really don't even have to use my whole place. I could just Airbnb a room. I know how this works. Because again, I use Airbnb. Duh. I mean, just think about it. Most of us that use Airbnb are only using it for 50% of its power. We're spending the money, but we're not making the money. What if we could do both? Whoa, mind blowing. And your home really might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, it's Sugar Steve from Questlove Supreme. 
If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So, check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right, cash back isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And did I mention there are no fees? Period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Wait, you said something earlier about uh, domestic life. And if it just hit me that, yes, you're also a wife and a mother. But I also knew you as sort of guardian of the galaxy as far as getting news straight and the way that you know for people that aren't familiar with your um i guess your interrogation style first of all have you <laughs> the ever faces been, you made have today you ever, yeah. have you okay. ever been to law school no she's a business no. fucking genius yeah no. but the thing is you don't you don't let the the, the small stuff slide yes. which I've seen some people give up usually mm-hmm. when when pundits come on the show and they'll say Pick something their battles not factual. First of all, like I feel like you have to do as uh, you have to do so much fact checking, so much research in the type of news that you deliver today. Because someone can instantly de- deliver an, an untruth, and you know, some news journalists will just take that as law, as in. So I don't have any sort of journalism background. So I was in investment banking for 14 years. I was going to say, you were brought to MSNBC to talk money, and you just happened to get hired during the most corrupt political... I did. <laughs> so, so I was in uh, investment banking for 14 years, and uh, I always wanted to work in media my whole life. Wow. And uh, one day I was giving a speech for a nonprofit called The White House Project, because I used to do a lot of women's things. And after, the founder had the board all having lunch, and she said... Uh, you know, women and, and black men always get compared to one another. And she said, if you take the 50 most powerful women and the 50 most powerful black men, they always lump us together. They say, women and minorities, women and minorities. And she said, but go to the top of their field. And if you take the 50 most successful black men in America, they actually think about one another. They think, how do I get someone else in my group a board seat, a book deal, an opportunity with a company. You know, if you look at someone like Jesse Jackson, Jesse ja- and I'm making this up, but, you know, before the Super Bowl, Jesse Will Jackson will say, I'm going to call Pepsi-Cola and find out who are they, what advertising agency are they going to be working with for uh, their Super Bowl ad? Mm-hmm. Because there's African-American men on that field. Mm-hmm. Or if they're going to do, or GM is going to do a banking deal, they'll say, who are you going to give your underwriting fees to? And they're thinking about it. And she said, women don't think about each other in that way yet. One woman makes her way to the top, and she's on a board, and she's like, great, I'm here, we're here. And she said, you each need to think collectively, how am I going to help one another? And it was my turn. Everyone had to say what they wanted to do in their next chapter, and someone else had to raise their hand and say, I'm going to get you there. And it was my turn. Mm. And I said, you know, I think I've always wanted to work in the media, especially after the financial crisis when people were just so anti-power and money and didn't necessarily understand it. And I said, you know, I, I think I've always wanted to work in, in the media. And there was a woman there who worked directly for Mike Bloomberg. And she said, I'm going to introduce you to Mike. And uh, I met Bloomberg and I met the guy who ran Bloomberg Media. And he said, and this really speaks to what you all are doing right here. And he said, in the new world of media and news, 
We're not going to have any more people reading teleprompters. People trust relationships. They don't trust information because you can get information from anywhere. Uh, <clears throat> and he said, you have to know the content, love the content, and have a desire to be on TV. And I said, well, I, th I think I have all three. But in order for me to walk away from my career, you can pay me zero dollars, but you need to give me a show to anchor, and you need to hire somebody to teach me how to do it. And he said, deal. So you're telling me that you, unlike Boss Bill here, you had zero radio, television, film experience. In, zero. I had done TV a couple of times up? as a guest. Jersey. What part of Jersey? Yeah, like South, South Central, or Bergen County, New Jer North Jersey. Oh, okay. okay. South Jersey's like Philly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> no, we were about to claim. Yes. Yeah. South Jersey is, is, is Philly. You serious? Yeah. I'd never done it before. Okay, so my version of meeting you, you mentioned uh, with uh, – the speech that you, me, and Steve Aoki did. Um, first of all, of all the things I do, I hate public speaking the most. Well, which is, I think I tweet and write better more because I can edit better and it seems fluid. But I don't know. My mind also has to th edit in real time, so there's always gaps in spaces. And I'm in a room with a bunch of Fortune 500 people. You know, of course, like my management, they want me to do more speaking and more, you know, conferences or whatever. And it's like, I, I have ulcers about like the anxiety, all those things. So I nervously spoke about, I forgot what I did. It was like a, a, a it was like a poor man's Ted talk or maybe it was the rich man's Ted talk. What, what was, do you remember what the conference yeah, was? So the, it, it was all, it was basically people who run marketing for Fortune 500 companies and consumer companies, and then the speakers were sort of influencers so those heads of marketing would understand what you have to say and the way you think. So your management team would want you there because you're a highly marketable guy. So, okay, so basically I get on the mic and totally mirror it up like... <laughs> Hello? <laughs> Hello? Um, like, just say a sentence, Zara. This, this is me. Exactly. That oh, was me. Wow, wow. wow. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah sound like NPR. So. Yeah. Um, so there's there's room for creativity and um, about to cry. The advertising world. It and sounds, I feel it like sounds like me giving a speech in seventh grade. Yeah. Yeah, and and I feel like Steve also was sort of like, um, well, you know, um. I, uh, no, Meanwhile, no, no, no. Stephanie, like, and, and so Ste today we're going to do this. And Literally. This. <laughs> so here's Stephanie. the thing. I'd never heard of Stephanie, but she walked on that stage and, like, it was instant. We all came in attention, like, yeah. booyaka. Yeah. And we're like, who is this woman? Like, at first I thought she was a comedian, so I'm, like, trying to Google her at the same time. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, the, the thing was, she just had the presence of, like, someone yeah, that like, does it Yeah, like, because I was time. at the mic stand. I didn't take the mic off the mic stand. She, like, took the mic off the mic stand. Says, okay, show of hands. No, 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 no. Like, she totally <laughs> took over the room. And I was like, who is this woman? I have to know who this woman is. So, so then why did you go to the business route first instead of doing the media route? I'm curious. If you had the personality for it and well, the passion. Yeah, my point was that you were a born star. Yeah, that's my point. That was my question based on, I knew that's where you were yeah. going. Uh, I ended up in banking right out of undergrad because uh, I went to college in the U.S. only for two years, and I studied abroad for two years. I read that, right? In Kenya, yeah. Guatemala, and Italy. Mm -hmm. And I uh, stayed in Europe because I, I had no money left, but I wanted to stay in Europe. And in order to do so, you needed to get a job. So I'm like, hmm, I'll get a job with a bank. They have banks all over the world. And uh, I got a job with Merrill Lynch. 
uh, they ended up sending me back to New York. And a newsroom and a trading floor are very, very similar. They are high energy, loads of testosterone, passionate. It's all about teamwork. Everyone kind of leaves it on the field. And I didn't even know what anybody did there, but I'm like, whatever they do here for a living, I'm going to do this. And the other thing is, you can make a lot of money. And no one wants to say that that's an ugly truth, but especially for women, if you can do something to make yourself financially independent, it's a game changer. When you think about all the things that happen to women in the workplace and put us back us into a corner, it's about not having financial freedom. And when you need a job so badly that you don't know Willing if you can make whatever, rent at the yeah. end of the month, you'll take shit. Shit. And so don't to I work, know? Oh, sorry. So to work, hey, so to who? know that uh, you can, uh, and I remember I almost left banking two years in because I really wanted to go to journalism school. And somebody who ended up being a mentor of mine said, don't. You'll end up a weather girl in Tuscaloosa. And by the way, you'll be horrible in local news, which I would be. <laughs> I, I would be terrible at it. But financial freedom does give you the ability to just make better choice. I mean, when you have a lot of when you have a lot of financial freedom, I think people make terrible choices. Um, that's when they're throwing money out the window. But when you know that you've got your situation covered, you can just take a step back and start to really pursue things that you want to do. It's do crazy that. when you think about how many people. I'm thinking about my. I mean, of course, I'm thinking about myself. But then I think about how many people just don't know what that feels like. Financial freedom. Like not check because the they don't check. think it's rich. Yeah, it's, it's not, not being not rich. Like chasing like, like not having having to have a job. Like being able to chase your career goals. Like that is like. But that's because we don't teach anyone to save money. When you think about what we go to school for, and I'm not talking about college. I'm talking about high school. Are you using algebra? Are you using calculus? No. 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 But it really would have been great if they taught you how to get a mortgage. If they taught you how a savings account worked, if you didn't have a parent at home that ever said, let me show you, and I don't mean how to be an investor, but how the stock market works. No one teaches you those things. And especially, I mean, not for nothing, but yeah, that's in, in black, black homes. Yeah, that's, but, yeah. but that's, if you think about financial mobility, you're never going to get that if someone doesn't teach it to you. Why don't they teach but you? But that's, that's why they try to not teach it to us because they don't, especially so, for black people. We've been had hundreds of years where they don't want you to have that so kind of freedom. So it's not part of the core curriculum in public schools. I think that's a huge problem. I've, I've been trying very hard to talk to anyone I can. To they work just do one class them. called real life shit. <laughs> well, here's the thing. <laughs> right, that'd be too much so like right. So you forget. When you had home economics in school, home ec, yeah. which public schools don't have anymore because budgets are gone. But home ec is not, was not just cooking and sewing. Mm -hmm. It was also personal budgeting, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And so we live in a world where people are going, I got to run to a sample sale because, oh my goodness, everything's on sale. It's not on sale if you're buying it on your credit card and you can't pay your bill at the end of the month. And if we don't start helping people learn the basics of just saving money, and I realize life is expensive, but if you can save money and you know you have a little bit of cushion, you just don't have to take so much shit. Amen. So they had a dream. Okay, so in the banking game, what is the thin line between like what what should the real ceiling goal be? Because I know that when I think of banking, I automatically think of Wall Street, uh, Koch Brothers. Um. Uh, not AIG, but uh, uh Lehman Brothers, Enron, yeah, yeah, Enron. just Enron. Enron Ponzi scheme, like Madoff. Yeah, yeah. I, th I think of of corrupt people. Is there a good example of 
of lucrative banking done right where you can yes. serve a community and be Okay, so first fuck. of all, if you think <laughs> right. I, I actually think every job on some level is the same. Every job is about relationship building and trust. I don't think that my job when I was in banking, truthfully, is much different than my job now. If you can sit down and help whether it's your client or your viewer get smarter and better and understand what they need and what they want to do, that's your goal. When I worked in banking, there was no one, there was there wasn't a hedge fund that said, well, it is our mission statement to use Stephanie Rule to give us the best investment ideas. But they just had to figure out. Can, is Stephanie Rule someone I could trust? Are there examples of good banking? Yes. Like when we dump on corporate America all the time, corporate America is what keeps many cities thriving, right? When you go, you were just talking about Atlanta. What's in Atlanta? Uh, Bank America. Bank America, yeah. That's the biggest company there. And I'm sure they're the biggest corporate donor in Atlanta. I'm sure they're, the, they're one of the biggest employers. So they're providing health care. They're helping schools there. And yes, there are bad, evil, egregious practices. But in every business, right, in, in, in news, in media, in entertainment, once people reach that star status and rules get bent for them, then the world starts to go out of whack. And that's every industry. But it seems like in the bank industry, everybody's had their fair share of controversy, except when I think, I'm like, maybe, I feel like TD right now is like the standalone, but TD, Bank of America, TD Bank, uh, Toronto. Well, Toronto uh, Dominion, because it's right. a really vanilla bank that doesn't do too many sort of funky, edgy things. Mm -hmm. They say thank you after every transaction. They say thank oh, you, wow. but, but one <laughs> like of the, the reasons to be so mad at the industry, <laughs> and mm -hmm. it's not their fault, there's not enough rules. Right, so Especially after the financial now, crisis, right? when people didn't go to jail, and everyone's like, "What the hell? How come no one went to jail?" Well, the problem is they didn't go to jail because technically, they didn't break the law. Gotcha. Now, does that mean we need more regulation? It does, but you can take that to the pharmaceutical business, right? You could say like, pharmaceutical is the most hated industry out there, but those companies are making. Billions and billions of dollars because what do they do? They have the big, the pharmaceutical industry has the biggest lobbying effort out there. And so there are very few politicians on either side of the angle, uh, aisle that are looking to regulate big pharma. And so lots of regulation is bad, but we need some rules to protect people. The stakes are higher, though, in, in banking than they are in, every, in other industries. You know, when, when somebody's corrupt in banking, it's, it could cause a, a recession. Uh, yes, mean, yes. If somebody but, but, steals a Twinkie but especially, at the deli, I mean, in, in, in banking, it was sort of the perfect storm of a lot of bad things. And um, listen, the, the unfortunate thing about the financial crisis is the people who are hurt the most, who lost their homes, still haven't recovered, but the industry has. And that sucks. Where do you think we are now? Do you think we're on the verge of a recession? Like, what, what do you think we are financially Listen, like, now? it's got to come again because we've now had 10 good years. Now, one of the issues, though, and it really led to sort of the birth of the Trump voter, it was President Obama's last State of the Union address. And I remember it like it was yesterday. And he said, <clears throat> anyone who says that the economy has not recovered is peddling lies. And here's where he was wrong. Because the economy had recovered for people who lived on the coasts, for people who worked in technology, for people who worked Not in entertainment. America, yeah. But for people in middle America, it didn't. And sort of out of that speech and that sentiment, 
was quasi the birth An elitist. Of, the, of the Trump voter yeah. who said, hold on a second. I still, I, I, I didn't get my house back. I, I, can, I haven't, pay, I, you know, I, I haven't paid, gotten any more money at my job. And just think about this. I could say to you, is $200,000 a lot of money for a family to make? And you'd be like, yeah, that's a respectable amount of money. And that's a family who maybe, that could be a, a family with two parents where somebody's a teacher or, or a, a, an accountant or an engineer. But a family who makes $200,000 in the United States cannot afford to support themselves and send a, a kid to college, to a private college, and definitely can't send two kids. But here's the, this is the silver lining that I, I want to come okay, to. Okay, good. <laughs> the silver lining is this. That family is angry, and they feel left out, and they feel forgotten. It's not that that family is filled with hatred. It's not that they hate immigrants. It's not that they hate other cultures. Is that that family is saying, the system doesn't work for me. And so they're frustrated. So what gives me hope is when we say this country is so angry and so hate-filled and so divided, they're not. There are just people who feel forgotten and angry. And one of the first things you do when you're angry and forgotten is you blame someone else. And you point the finger. And, and it's a natural emotion. Or you call the cops when a little girl's by selling water or you do. I mean, I Listen, mean, those are very a, bad examples. Yeah. And, and those are real examples mm -hmm. of young kids who are entrepreneurial, who are doing great things. But that person who did that, yeah. that's one bad egg. And I'm not saying that, bad, that, bad, that egg isn't rotten. But can I tell you a story about a woman that I met? Sure. If I'm, I, if I'm no, don't worry. Go for it. And she was a, it was a terrible story, but she actually gives me hope. So I was in upstate New York at a dude ranch with my family. And a woman comes up. And the owner says, a waitress would like to talk to you and tell you why she loves President Trump. Okay. So she knew who? She knew who I was. And I was like, we're going to send my kids off the table, and she can come on over. So she sits down. You allow it? I, I allow it. it. That was a nice yeah. way for them to do it, though, instead yeah. of just being like, so let me tell you what. Yeah. I allowed it. Because I want to get smarter and better, mm -hmm. and because I do have an open mind and an open heart. Okay. No, I just meant, like, I figured family time is, if I'm at the table, no, I can't take a selfie with you right now. I'm on a date. Like, when you're at a dude ranch for four days with your three children, you you're going to take a break. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. So she sits down, <clears throat> and she said to me, I want to tell you why I love Donald Trump. And I said, sure. And she said, I love him and he loves me. And she said, and you, she said, you think that I am white to trash. And I said, oh, my goodness. I said, I absolutely don't. And I said, why on earth would you think this? And she said, well, I want to tell you my story. I want to tell you who I am. He thinks she's white trash. That's the crazy right, part. Yeah, and yeah. I said, please tell me. And she said, well, Donald Trump came to see me, meaning he did a rally up there where she lives. And she said, and he cares. And I said, tell me what his policies are that are going to help you in your community. Mm -hmm. And she said, I don't she know, <laughs> but I know he came here. And then she said, I'm 55 years old. And she said, I'm a single mother. And she goes, and I have two adult daughters who are single mothers. And she said, where you live, do you have charter schools? And I played, and she played me. She did. <laughs> and I said, oh my goodness, yes. yes yeah. My husband right here, he's the board chair of a charter school. <laughs> right so here Northeast. in New York, it's an achievement for a school. 
And she was like, great. Where I live here, we don't have any charter schools. We have the worst schools in New York State. And I was like, oh. She goes, where you live, you have after-school programs where the where – the, where the, where the, she said – I can't think of the word, but it was like a thinly-veiled word that wasn't racially sensitive. And she goes, where the girls in your neighborhood, you have an after-school program for, for those girls' kids, and I bet you raise money. And I said, yes, yes. You know, we have big brother, big sister, blah, blah. You know, she goes, yeah, you have charity events for those things. You don't ever come up here and raise any money, blah, 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 so on and so forth. And she said – we're dependent on social services, and they don't ever answer the phone. And she said, I don't have grandchildren who are washing up on shore wearing tattered clothes in, a, in, a, in an inflatable boat. And she said, my story isn't ugly enough to be on the cover of your newspaper, but I am not pretty enough to go to your house for dinner. But they're on the cover of Esquire last month, so with the whole white problem. So she, Sarah, but to her point, but to her point, speak, speak, go ahead. No, it just it just makes me sad that she thinks she thinks he cares because he just had a rally he there. Up. Yeah. The and thing is, I think he right. knows. I, the thing is, is that what makes me more frustrated with him than anything is because I believe he knows better because he's a he wrestling does. promoter. He knows. He's playing the hell out of them. Yeah. And it's like. He played her. But here's the thing. She's not wrong in that Hillary Clinton did spend two or three work weeks in the August of 2016 doing the one thing she didn't need to do. She went to the Hamptons. And oftentimes when people are their most desperate, they need someone to just look at them and just hold their hand. And this goes to the feeling of isolation people have with the birth of social media. People aren't talking to their neighbors or their friends, right? I've lived in New York City for 22 years. I never know the names of all my neighbors and the doorman in the building next to me. And you know who does? My mother. Because my mother is not of a social media generation. She doesn't use a cell phone. She doesn't use social. She doesn't use a computer. But she knows my community. And so whether Donald Trump is sincere or not, and you're 100% right, he's not. In fact, when he goes and does those rallies, they often say that once people become the president and they see the country, they become empathetic because they travel. When President Trump does a rally, he literally lands, unrolls the carpet, pitches the tent, does the show, throws the hats, and gets back on and leaves. So what you're saying is completely true. It's sad because he doesn't care. But even if it's about giving people short-term hope. The idea of caring. <laughs> right. The idea, the of, idea caring, of caring is more important than actual caring. But what is also, think about when people grew to know him and believe his story. They were watching The Apprentice. And here's the thing. In the 1980s, Johnny Carson was considered the most, the tr most trusted man in America. And it's because when people were watching him, they're watching him the same time they're watching Questlove at 1130 at night in their beds, in their underwear, in their pajamas. They're most vulnerable. And they feel like they have a relationship with you, right? Think about a beloved person in America. It's Al Roker. Al Roker doesn't just do the weather. He goes out into Rockefeller Plaza and he physically touches people who are out there in the cold and he's talking to them about their weather. He's and one of the connects. first people you see every morning. And, and, and Donald Trump, saw, people saw Donald Trump at 10 o'clock at night on NBC News, eating their ice cream, sitting on their couch, and they're watching him play 
a role that wasn't true, but this, you're fired, straight talking, I'm the richest guy in New York. So if you watched uh, uh, Mike Bloomberg when he spoke at the Democratic National <laughs> Convention in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. I remember it because I worked at Bloomberg, I said, for five years. If you actually watched his speech, it was, it wasn't bitter, but there was this twinge in it because you could actually hear that Mike Bloomberg is going, this guy's a fraud. And he wasn't saying, I'm the richest guy in New York or I'm the most philanthropic, but as the guy who is one of the greatest philanthropists in the country, who is a great businessman, who is extraordinary here, you actually watched him at that podium kind of shaking his head, going, this is a con man, America. Mm-hmm. And it, whether, he's, whether President Trump is a con man or not, his salesmanship worked. And he didn't, it's funny, I feel like he almost, he cheated and used his, his privilege in a way for him to be able to just go touch somebody, them feel affected, and not have to tell them what he's going to do for them or anything. Meanwhile, I'm like, Obama had to go touch people, lay down a plan, convince you, put Show on a right. motherfucking pen. Show like, a person, You know right. what I'm saying? And all he had to do was come to your neighborhood and say, how you doing? I'm out. I'm gone. Yeah. And that's well, just an interesting breakdown in that way. But too. it's great so, to think about Obama now. The one thing that Obama gave people, because remember, Obama was elected as the financial crisis was crumbling. Obama was a message of hope. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And P- President Trump had a different message of hope, right? Obama had a universal message of inclusion and hope. And then eight years went by, and a lot of people said, well, I didn't get included. And President Trump, whether, he's, whether it's true or not, said, but I love you and I see you. Let's do this. Why didn't he, they make him prove it, though? If you, show, if you let me, show me. Because the benefit that he had is he wasn't a politician, so there was no track record to point to. He was going up against somebody who had a lifetime track record in the public eye who people had been critiquing for 30 years. And she had been critiqued so much that she lost a sense of her real self and humanity because she had been politicized for all those years. Okay, I I was also going to add in that, Please. I mean, I personally believe that with Russia interfering with, and I, do I have to say allegedly interfering? <laughs> no, <laughs> no more, right? No. I don't think no Yeah, more. but I still don't believe that he would have won, had, had the, the election been unscathed, I truly don't think that. I don't necessarily disagree with you, but I don't give any I don't give any time or heart to that because the toothpaste ain't going back in the tube. Right. What can you and do? It's so done. like even for me, Robert Mueller is gonna figure out what Robert Mueller does. And in my opinion, the Is there mo- gonna be a result? Like what do you think the end game's gonna be? He's still gonna do his four years? Honestly, I don't Don't say eight years. Shit. <laughs> Listen. I think there's a very good chance he gets reelected. You serious? Yes. I do. Dude, I, yo, I'm, I'm on the same so, shit. I want to hear why. So what do you think? Why? Is it based on what you were just saying kind of about the interaction? No, I, I think that the president has, uh, and again, I'm not saying it's good, but I think he has a two-pronged plan that works. Mm-hmm. So if you actually look at his policies, he is hooking up the rich. And the rich didn't actually vote for him the first time around. And he is helping them out 
all over the place. Corporate America and the super wealthy who do not have Trump signs in their front yard. They are not wearing Make America Great Again hats, but they want to protect the status quo. What they got. They are Shit. quietly voting for him. You're right. So he hooks them up on policies over here. And at the same time that he's doing that quietly while you're sleeping, he's doing a Trump rally. And at that Trump rally, he gins up, he stirs up all of those culture wars. Mm -hmm. So he's going, I know I haven't helped you in business yet, and you're not making any more money. Give me time. Give me time. Because when we go, oh, my God, these tariffs, like, he's killing the farmers. Right. And I'm saying he's killing the farmers, and I'm saying it from a newsroom in New York. And then when you actually send a reporter to Kansas or Nebraska and you interview those farmers, those farmers say, you know what, I'm going to give him more time. At least he's taking this on because he talks the talk. But then he <laughs> stirs up these race-baiting culture arguments, the take a knee, the, the build the wall, you know, these three-word slogans, and he goes to those rallies, and those people are going, yes. So his base stands with him. Rich people stand with him. And then the third lane, which is his truly winning lane. Women. What? Wait, no. Nope. Oh. It's judges. Oh. The Wait, president, what? it's judges. Yeah, he's, oh, he's, oh, he's president killing us with the judges. Talk about it, Stephanie. You got two Supreme Court justices. Mm. He's ready to got on the bench. The local in the state. And, and, and even more than that is federal judges. Yes. Okay? Mm. Federal judges. Mm. He has got a record number of federal judges on the bench, and those are jobs for a lifetime. And the majority of them are white men under the age of 40. So if you are a Christian conservative and you say, and, and I'm going to you, I don't understand how the evangelical community could be standing by the president. I mean, what do you think about the things that he says and does? Well, guess what? If you're somebody in that community, you're saying, I'm not even going to know what Trump's name is in four years. But he is putting judges on the bench who support my beliefs, so uphold our values, and yeah. they're going to be there forever. And the justice system impacts every aspect of our lives. Who are you telling? Mm -hmm. <laughs> who you think? <laughs> right? I mean, yesterday, <laughs> or today, excuse me, Paul Manafort's lawyers are arguing for a more lenient sentence, saying, well, he didn't kill anyone, he didn't run a drug cartel, he's not Bernie Madoff. And I'm laughing to myself, saying, well, really? After you're, after you're representing Paul Manafort, are you then going to be representing uh, young African-American males uh, who get put in prison for small drug infractions and work on lesser sentences for them? Nope. The answer is no. Nope. Well, okay, you mentioned about the beliefs and the lifestyles of the coasts versus that of middle America. But remember, middle America is also right here. We keep thinking that, like, that Trump voter is, like, way out there in the hinterland. Oh, They're not. They're here. Northeast Philadelphia, Philadelphia. Is, yeah. is middle America. So with what Alexandria, well, Alexandria um, Ocasio-Cortez Ocasio says about this new Green Deal. All right. I know she's wet behind the ears. I know she's a newbie. But does she have a point? Or because the thing is, is that you can look at it both ways, because the thing is, is that. OK, I, I respect the ideal of the, the middle America worker or whatever, you know, the, the, the coal miner. I understand people have to feed their kids. But at what point do we realize that it's 2020 and technology 
and your day is just over. A like, new well, a lot yeah. of them aren't working, so aren't they kind of understanding that? Because having things shrunken in the no, those but it's also back. not you. You keep thinking it's the coal worker out there. It's here. She it's people here. right here. But why didn't the lady from upstate? that you were talking about earlier, why didn't she just move down to New York City? Listen, listen, stop, 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 stop. Listen, no, 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 but time out, time out. He's joking, but I'm kind of thinking that. And I, but the thing is, is that I know that people, no, I know that. You know what I'm saying. So Jersey. I can barely afford to live here. Yeah, but that's real. That's real. Like, like the struggle is real for everyone. Right. Right? Oh, right, right, and the rich have gotten so, people who are like I'm talking rich, rich, have gotten so rich that things don't even co- like there is no price on anything. How do you redistribute? Sorry, to interrupt your thought, but how I'm trying to just get to the some of some of the end end game. How do you redistribute wealth without redistributing wealth? Listen, it's really tricky. Uh, you know, it's somebody who you should actually meet if you haven't met him yet. Is a guy named Michael Tubbs. He's the current mayor of Stockton, California. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's cool. I mean, yeah. You had him. About him, yeah. I love this boy. I know he's he's 28 years old. Yeah. Grew up, was, had a single mom. I'm pretty sure his father was incarcerated for most of his life. He interned at Google. I want to say he interned at Facebook. And then the last year before he graduated from college, he interned at the White House. And he comes home and he says to his mother, I want to go into politics. And she's like, uh-uh. She's like, you're the one who's going to get us out of here. And he said, no, I, I think this is my calling. He... um joined the city council in Stockton when he was, I want to say, 22. He became mayor when he was 26. And he's this unbelievable force. And through philanthropy, he just in the last month has implemented a universal basic income there. Yes. So there's not him a clear answer yet. Well, philanthropy maybe is. But, but the problem is it can't just be philanthropy because that's like – the system has been so gamed that we're then supposed to say, oh, thank you so much, Microsoft, for giving us these crumbs and these pennies on the side. The answer isn't corporate America bad, individuals are good. Government and corporate America have to find a way to work together or we are going to turn into the third world. Do you think that corporate America should pay their taxes? That <laughs> I mean, Corporate America should pay their taxes, but that's not the issue. Corporate America isn't evil for paying zero taxes. They're legally gaming the system. Right, so should the system be changed? So change the system, okay? As long as every company has a need for a tax department, as long as someone is a tax lawyer, as long as the tax system is so complicated that sophisticated, wealthy people can use loophole after loophole to pay nothing— and regular people can't, then the system doesn't work. So when they cut the corporate tax rate from 39% to 21%, do you know what really rich people did? Turned themselves into corporations. So now they pay 21%. Corporations before the tax cut were paying too much. Wow, well, look at so that. So it should get simplified. You're going, uh-huh. Cash love LLC. Yeah, exactly. Shut Good. up, y'all. Mm-hmm. Whatever. No good. The answer is we've got to find a way. When President Trump said, make America great again, for everyone at this table or for for women, you could say, like, that phrase is rooted in racism. Because for women and minorities. No, that shit was no, it wasn't great for us. We don't want to go back in time. Like, black people don't want to time travel. But I'll tell you what things used to be for, for many people. 
the disparity between the boss and the worker pay has never been great as great as it was now. Mm-hmm. It used to be like this. And we're on the radio, so I shouldn't just use my hands or we're only speaking. <laughs> there's no visual. It, it, it has grown massively. We have to figure out a way to shrink that. So when they gave that big tax cut, instead of just giving it and hoping, hey, you're going to give people a raise, if you gave that tax cut, there should have been stipulations around worker pay. But I'll tell you one more thing, and then I promise we could change the subject. No, 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 here's no. the issue. Keep cooking. It is not a CEO's job. It's not his job to do right by the community and to do right by his employees. He should, or she should, but as his fiduciary, as a fiduciary, his job is to make money. It is to make money for his shareholder. It's to sell products. If you want to change the rules of the game, giddy up. Let's change them. But given what the rules are, you can't. Let's say we were all shareholders in Questlove LLC. And Questlove decided tomorrow... Hey guys. Do Amir LLC. Everybody Ready? here actually. Right? Is. Let's say we're all investors in Amir LLC. And tomorrow Amir says, guess what? I, I, I have decided I'm going to take 30% of our profits. And before I pay it back to you, I'm going to start a foundation. And I'm going to give it to kids that I want to in Philadelphia. And then I'm going to turn this studio into, I'm going to only use green energy. Okay. And the six of us sitting here could say, Damn right you won't. That's my money. I'm your investor. You don't get to pick to do the right thing. You don't get to pick to go green. Mm. That's my money. You're going to give it back to me, and then I'm going to decide what I do with it. So we're sitting here with our arms folded, demanding that corporate America, quote unquote, do the right thing. Mm. Then the answer is change the rules of the game of what the right thing is. Now, with people like Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez getting elected, that shows that there are more voters saying, maybe I want something different. Right. With millennials saying, I only want to do business or buy products from companies whose values I support, maybe you're going to start to see a difference. My concern is those things are only happening at the margin. Yeah, because once you start really auditing... <laughs> I just got too boring. Once you start... Like, no, 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 it's, no, it's funny because... That's, the when, shit out. It's when, just more depressing because well, like, I'm like, it is no because one, People only do the right thing after they try everything else. And plus, right. once you really start auditing <laughs> the companies that you support in the smallest ways, whether it's the cereal that you eat you or the stocks yourself. that you... Yeah. yeah, because you'll start seeing... It's You're funny because we're starting to learn the politics of these corporations or presidents and things of that nature, and it's kind of ill because you have to make these decisions like, do I stop doing what I've been doing for 10 years because now I know something that I people didn't used to know 10 years ago. But do you reward the companies that do the right thing? And here's where I ask. Mm. So just today, I sat down with Ed Stack. Ed Stack is the CEO of Dick's Sporting Goods. Okay. Okay. Dick's Sporting Goods is based in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. If you remember, it, it'll be a year ago Thursday, after the Parkland shooting, they said, we're not going to sell assault sell, rifles yeah. anymore. Yeah. Okay? Mm -hmm. That's a big deal. Yeah. That's a company based in Pittsburgh with a huge hunting business. They went to, their sales dropped, I want to say, just, under, just like 4%. And here's what I want to know. All those activist groups who stand up and say, let's boycott this company, let's boycott that company, and they all stand, not they all, many people get righteous and indignant and they say, this company doesn't stand for my values, I'm boycotting them. I want to know on the other side, when a company stands up and makes a move 
that's around culture or social justice. Definitely. Right. Where or are them. those groups yeah. lining up to go buy products there? What does, They're and, looking for something to boycott. Within yeah, that but, company. But, but, within the people, that company. but the people like, who were around, they still, I think the people who were boycotting with them still see that and go back. I mean, I remember, I hate to use Target as an example, but uh, Target during Hurricane Katrina, right? They did all this stuff. They gave whatever. That I remember that. And that stayed in my mind until, you know, they fucked up everybody's debit card situation. But still, <laughs> like, they, I, they, I, but just in general, but that was a few years. What oh, I'm saying that? is we need to remember gratitude and forgiveness. Right. Because this is an angry, divided time, and we're quick to get mad and quick to say, I'm done with you, I'm finished with you. When someone does something we support, Pro give them our business. Pro and them. talk you're, about it. You're also one of the few journalists that I know that actually takes a portion of your show to say, here's some good things. Oh, money, like, power, respect. That's the thing. And the thing is, is that no one's ever going to report the good news like i i didn't know about i think that's admirable that dick sporting goods did that but i don't think we're a society that necessarily will throw a ticker tape parade because someone helped my grandmother across the street today from well, let's find a way to do that and the truth is right so people always uh, i'm gonna get it wrong in newspapers something like if it bleeds if it, bleeds, it, it leads. leads yeah right and we do love train wrecks we do love reality shows. We love the World Wrestling Federation. Mm -hmm. But we have to find a way, not in some Pollyanna way, but at the margins to celebrate good things. But it, it, is it also, okay, you remember the, the Chris Rock joke where he's like, uh, fathers always want credit for uh, something yeah, they, they should have done. Yeah. yeah, I was actually going to bring that up, but go ahead. Wait, yeah. tell me, tell me. Okay, no, no, no. You mean like when dad's saying I'm babysitting my kids? Right. They, they want Stop saying yeah, that. Yeah, they want credit. That's exactly what they're supposed to No, you're mean. watching your offspring, your job. Right. You're supposed take to take care of my kids. You're supposed to take care of your kids. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, but could that also be the case? Like. You should give back company. Yeah. We, yeah. It's not a big deal. You should. That's what you're saying, I mean, right? but in what ways would you feel that it's more prudent or, or beneficial for said protesters to let us know that it's great to shop at Dick's again. Listen, you, you watch those Shut protest the groups. Fuck up, Steve. Go ahead. You watch <laughs> those protest groups go off on social media and say, I'm done with this company. Instead, great, fine. Then when, I don't know, Father's Day comes around, I want to see that same handle. Say, great, Dick's so You want that, that same Let's energy? Let's buy Dad all their dorky golf shoes. Yeah. I'm going to go see, to Dick's. But Steph, see, I think what you're saying, that's a whole nother round because we all know, and you know this even better than we do, there are organizations that are just for protesting. Like, uh, even with uh, uh, black people... Oh. Black Lives, Matter. Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter is, is particularly a protest organization, right? So they might not be the ones that are going to come back afterwards and be like, so, you know, now we can support da 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 It seems like it needs to be in some more entities that do that cleanup on the back end. Yes, I'm just saying there has to be a way to find goodness and yeah. push the goodness forward because otherwise we're just anger on top of anger. And I know on. that every day but people are doing good things. there's a lot of unresolved things. issues. Yeah, and we I have feel a lot. Like, yeah, I feel like, I think in the case of the Parkland shooting. You can walk and chew gum at the same time. Yes. When, whenever there is a shooting and an occurrence, um, the one question that no one ever seems to bring up in, you know, whenever these uh, problems arise, 
that I never seem to hear is the reasoning behind wanting uh, arm, to be armed. Yeah. See, but- of which no one is really going to talk about. You know, the reason why arms are used in the first place was for slave to, to keep slaves in line, to keep them from running away. Like, we never get to that part of the conversation. But that's like our part. They don't get to our parts of the conversation, which is kind of like the best thing that Trump But I feel did. like the history of the, <laughs> the gun in America right. starts with what were they used for. And it's almost like the, the white elephant that Then do we talk about dogs? war. <laughs> <laughs> what dogs war, right? was used for? I mean, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... No dog slander. Sorry, sorry, Zara. Zara just woke up from her sorry, nap. Yeah, I don't, I don't fuck dogs. with dogs. They used to chase black uh, people, and, you know, that's what it was all about. But that's fine. You know, yeah. I, I get that. I know white people. Yeah, I don't get yeah, I don't, They do. I don't, I don't fuck with dogs, though. Zara's not still happy with these answers. Okay. But my, my point is that my point is that I don't know if I would say, hey, okay, well, Dick Sporting Goods did right by us, so go buy a rifle. Like, I personally, I mean, I don't want to put my personal beliefs on people, but, you know, Okay, so I feel silly because as much traveling as I do and as many Airbnbs that I stay in, because that's the only way I travel, I really have never considered my own space. I mean, think about it. What if you can make money for your next vacation while you're on vacation? And I know what you're thinking. You're like, my house is just not fancy enough. I just can't do the things. You're sleeping on your space. I'm sleeping on my space. Yes, I'm talking to myself. And I really don't even have to use my whole place. I could just Airbnb a room. I know how this works. Because again, I use Airbnb. Duh. I mean, just think about it. Most of us that use Airbnb are only using it for 50% of its power. We're spending the money, but we're not making the money. What if we could do both? Whoa. Mind-blowing. And your home really might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, it's Sugar Steve from Questlove Supreme. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Wait, wait. Let me let me let me backtrack. Uh-oh. You're from the down south, okay. uh, uh, yeah. Fonte. Now, 
uh, I was very shocked at uh, Big Mike's Killer Big Mike. Mike. Oh, Killer, no, Mike. Killer Mike, the Killer trigger Mike's, warning thing. Yeah, okay. Killer, uh, Killer Mike's position about wanting to be armed. Oh, and he felt he, you know, he's an NRA uh, member. He's a doctor, yeah, sec, he's. Second Amendment rights, teaches his daughter how to do. it. But I understand the lifestyle of which he grew up in under the Mason Dixon line down south. That that's necessary. That's a necessity for him. In your experiences in North Carolina, do you feel that you need to be armed or? Um, not really. I mean, because you just don't necessarily dwell where you feel. Yeah, I mean, I mean, listen, is I mean, that a dwelling thing, is, or? well, I don't know if it's a dwelling thing. I mean, for us, like, so for my when I, my earliest experience with guns, my granddaddy had a shotgun. He kept like right behind the bed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like a, a rifle back there. And I mean, uh, just in case thing. Yeah, I guess all it was grandparents just a, had the guns. I think yeah, all, all the grand- granddaddies had the guns. And grandmamas had the little pistols. Yeah. <laughs> so my grand, so my granddaddy had the gun. And I mean, like all my homies, they pops had like shotguns or whatever, mm-hmm. but. It wasn't a thing of where, like, if you felt like you needed to, like, if you were in danger or whatever, that you felt like you had to carry a gun. When I was coming up, it just wasn't, it just wasn't that. If it was really somebody, if you was just a regular dude, and by regular dude, if you was just a dude that just went to school, just, you know, just, you was just a regular cat. If you had problems with somebody, you just damn, y'all just scrap. But in 2019, but if you had guns, like if the niggas I knew that had guns, they was like all the dudes right. in the streets. So, but in 2019, fast forward, I do you feel like I feel like you, I know more people regular as we like to say that have armed at least something in the house. Not that you carry, but at least something yeah, in the something house. in the house. Yeah, I mean, I know some. I got like one home. You just got like a ton of fucking guns. I've always um, wanted to ask those people: How often have you had to use the gun that you've? Yeah, that you have in your house. They go to the gun range just to make sure the muscles still work. Yeah, because the thing is, even with that, like when people say it's for home defense, like I don't think people understand like how quick that shit jump off, dude. Like, so unless you just walk around your house right. in you your goddamn drawers with your gun, you, you got not time even to run thinking. Into the closet, reach up under the <laughs> on the top shelf, up under all them books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they rent, like niggas rent. Not like, that dude, I know from experience. Man, the other night, like we was in, I was up one night. This was this was like. It's a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So I'm in the crib, and I'm just up late. At, you know, I'm just in my regular hours. It's like maybe like 3, 4 in the morning. And so our motion detector light comes on uh-huh. outside. So, But we live around like woods and shit. So it's, I'm thinking animal. it could have been an animal. It could have been a raccoon. It could have been any kind of shit. And so I go, and I open, like just look in the window, and it's like a, a kid. It looks literally like my son outside, right? So, like, my oldest son, I got two boys, 18 and 13. So, I'm seeing what looks exactly like my son. So, my first thinking, I'm just, I was like, why is my son outside at four? And I'm like, what? Hold the fuck up. And then it clicks on me. So, I, like, look at the window. I tap. And homie, look. I run outside. I was, what the fuck y'all doing? These niggas take off running. It was two, it was these kids. So, because we live, like, right by high school. So, what it is, it's these these fucking idiots. Smoking? No, they weren't even smoking. They do this shit where they just go to cars and they don't even break in the car. They don't steal oh, the car. Oh, just tap. Just try to damn, try to, if it's something unlocked, if the car is unlocked, they see if it's unlocked and then try to go and get something out of the car. So I run outside and like, like run them off. And then I'm thinking, but I ain't got no gun with me. I'm not even thinking to go get a gun or a knife. I'm just like, what the fuck y'all niggas doing? So I run out, they run off. So then it becomes a whole nother thing because now I'm like, okay. Do I want to call the police? Because then these niggas might get shot. 
So it's like, you know what I mean? Which we did. Oh. We did. So, but it's like these are the levels. Yeah. Whenever people talk that gun shit, I'm like, dog. But they could have shot either. That just know that y'all but, ain't really been but, in no smoke before. And they could have been shot either like way though, because you can go to the wrong house. Well, yeah, like you, well, want, you didn't have. They was lucky they went to your house. You was like, you yeah, because like the white dude was the next to me. I think that nigga got an arsenal. Exactly, so he could have. You know what I mean? He could have exactly. lit that ass up. But it was a thing where it was, <laughs> it was just like, dude, like I'm looking at this shit and it's just like, yo. First of all, I'm like, okay, y'all are fucking idiots. Because who the fuck try to break in cars in a cul-de-sac, nigga? It ain't but one way in, one way out. So y'all ain't that fucking smart. suburban boys. Yeah. Suburb boys. I'm like, y'all ain't really about that yeah. action. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I came out and like we called police or whatever. I'm just like, look, I, what they look like. I'm like, I just they had on hoods. I don't know. But yeah, so in even in moments like that, like me and my wife talked, yo, so do you think it's time to get a gun? I was like, well, that was a one. Not for that instant. though. Yeah, yeah, it's like I don't, I don't know. It just ain't that. Again, unless you're just gonna be a commando nigga to just walk around in your boxes with a gun, just while you eat your fucking corn, your cornflakes. Yeah, like, are you describing Omar right now from the wire? <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. gang banging on bacon. Yeah, you get, unless you're gonna be the gang banging on bacon, dude. I just don't. Yeah, and I just don't live my life in a way that like that requires that. You know what I'm saying? I, I got it's a never question. been a thing. Yeah. So when you were just speaking, I was thinking. So this morning, my son, who's 12 was pressing my husband and I that the music we let him listen to, we have it on a, a, a filter that he can only listen to the clean version of songs. Cool. Mm-hmm. And he's complaining, he's 12. And he's like, I don't want to listen to the clean version. That means there's lots of songs I can't listen to, blah, blah, blah. What's the reason why I can't? And I can't really, I, I didn't really have a good answer. It requires a history lesson? Oh, okay. right, So right here, <laughs> right? So I didn't really have a good answer. Right. And so while you're sitting here speaking and I'm going, thinking about my son listening to this, because obviously he's going to want to listen to it, he's going to have a conversation with me after, again, about the N-word. I knew that's where you were going. So I want you to help me, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's been all these conversations that lack education or that lack nuance, and now people are giving the wrong answer. Mm -hmm. I I want you to honestly help me with, like, what's my right answer? No. White people can't say it. No, no, no. Obviously they can't. (laughs) But what's obviously? And And when you're speaking to children... Who can only, who are like, who you have like to give this. them the history. So just, yeah, it's you funny wanna, you say, uh, wait, can I just say this real quick? I want you to walk me through I, I don't, I'm not going to take it, from, you got it. I'm coming I, from my, my heart and mine couldn't be more open. I understand, and it's funny because I would have thought that you wouldn't have been serious until a week ago when I was sitting, randomly sitting with a, a white mom who had like a one-year-old son, and I thought it was funny, the cover of the Esquire magazine about the white boy. Yes. And she said, but no, seriously though. What do I tell my son? How do I raise my son in this world and t- tell him how to react? And I thought it was such an interesting conversation because, you know, black people have been doing this all our lives. Yes. You know, we've had to extra nurture, extra educate. Yes. And so now it's time for white people to yes. extra educate, <laughs> extra <laughs> nurture, and right. teach about culture. And a lot of times I know it sucks for you guys because doesn't you weren't taught. Well, yes. I know a lot of people yeah. like her, she wasn't taught a lot of things. So she doesn't, like, she doesn't have the answer to that question, the history of the N-word and everything else. So that's all I was going to say. I said, I just wanted to say in, in that moment that I'm taking this conversation very seriously now when I used to kind of laugh. But I'm, Now you have to help. Okay, I don't know I, about helping. No, that's well, an interesting mean, word. To, to, under, to explain. Un, yeah. All right, so all right, here's the thing with white people and, and, and niggas. All right, look. Look, man. Talk about it, folks. <laughs> look, like, look, dude, this, this shit's real easy. Look, like, you can't, in the, in the terms of, of music, so just on the bass level, like we're talking to your son about explicit lyrics, um... What I went through with my son, like when when they were when they were younger, um, my whole thing was, I mean, because I make music, so my whole thing was, 
now, again, when I was, you know, in when I was a kid, you could buy the clean version from Kmart or whatever. And the only way you could hear the explicit version was if your homie had to tape or if a cousin had to tape or whatever. So there was some kind of separation. Now we all log on to the same internet. There is no separation. So and it's don't very, pay for any of it. Yeah. <laughs> don't pay for none of this shit. So the thing now is trying to limit them to the clean versions of something. It really is just kind of a moot point. Cause I mean, they can, if you Google that one song, I promise you the clean version ain't going to be the one to come up. So, you know what I mean? So my thing was always, well, listen, if I know y'all going to listen to this fuck shit. So <laughs> yeah, I was like, I know y'all going to listen to this bullshit. So, Listen to it with me, and we can have a conversation about what this really means. Because also, too, there's another level where y'all are thinking about, like, the, um, you know, from the racial aspect. And a lot of that hip-hop shit, it's a lot of gang references and gang culture. And I'm like, homie, when when my son was a kid. The new shit. Nah, this you new about, shit. I thought you oh, talking about the and shit. Okay, well, right. that, too. Yeah, but yeah, then okay. even, like, the shit before, like, Blank, uh, Wayne, when he was, uh, like, yeah. was blood... Oh, like, so it's a You're lot right. of like coded language in that shit. That they don't know. That they don't know. And I'm like, homie, you, you wrong, say that shit in the wrong place, you're going to get fucked up. So my thing was, I just need to have a conversation with you so y'all know exactly what this is. You know oh what God. these references are. Stephanie Sun starts saying this shit. They from Bompton. Yeah, like, I'm like, don't, don't. <laughs> and then it's over. It's a rap. Like, yo, don't know. But how does Stephanie, but that's ill because you knew these things, right? But Stephanie's trying to say, too, that she doesn't know all of these references. Right, right. So, well, just right? in general. And just I'm somebody in who general, super cares. So right. you have to put your weight, you have to take yourself down the track of people who care less and less. And, and <laughs> right. well, we got, listen, right. for, forget the moral stance of should we say it, should we not say it, or should we listen to it, not listen to it. Like, you could even say that right now. We're in cancel culture. Get... We're in cancel culture. Mm. We're in what? And we're cancel culture. We're, we live in cancel. Cancel that. Like cancel R. Kelly. Oh, we cancel canceled R. Kelly. We, we cancel can... him. It. But this is how social media works. We're in cancel culture, and we're also in 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 beat you down now and ask questions later. Right there. And yeah. I don't want to be. I, I want to find a way to be in a forgiveness culture and at least hear and get smarter and think more. Well, I would just say with the kids. I mean. I wouldn't personally limit them to the clean version just because that's just going to make them want the dirty shit even more. Yeah. So my thing is just like, all right, we going to listen to the dirty shit, but let's listen to but it explain. And, and explain like what it's about. And when it just comes to saying, nigga, like, homie, you just can't say that shit. Like, I understand this show. You might listen to the jams and you can, even if you say it in your room, you might say it in your room. And I know... Like, it's unfair if it's a call and response, if you, he go to a show and the rapper's I love on when, stage. Yo, my favorite part of a Jay-Z concert is Oh, when, no, not Jigger. I've seen 18 Jay-Z shows, oh, no, and literally, no. when that shit starts, I run part. to the widest part. Why? Of the stadium. And How just can you look. do that? It's like and just look at him. Like, like I dare, your dare you say that shit. But I they dare. do. I still do it to this day. When I do that, that too, comes though. On, you're right. I do that. I leave the soundboard and look like, you going to say it? You going to say it? Jiggle my what? Jiggle my homie. Yeah. So They going yet? Yeah, you got. You just have to explain to him, like, yo, dog, Like I know the rappers are saying it. I know you might want to say, you might even say it in your head, but if you say this outside, like in the world, like you could get fucked up. Yeah, so there, just there, be, there are consequences. It's consequences, that shit. Okay. Well, you done. I, I think I did. That, did I answer your question, Stephanie Rule? Was that, yeah. that makes sense? You did. I appreciate it. Actually, uh, Steph, well, that's what I wanted. My 
But it, I the asked reason you I love question. that you answered it, <laughs> okay, is, is, and I want you to, is because it speaks to exactly this cancel culture, this beat up and give an answer later. And for me, the goal in 2019 should get out of cancel culture Mm-mm. and figure out a I, way to say, I might disagree with you, but I hear you and I see you. Because right now we're not giving one another. You going to do that to R. Kelly but- stuff? You going to do that to R. Kelly? You going to listen, hear him, see him, what he got to say? What you doing? I guess no. you haven't been peed on. I mean, some people like that. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't done it. No, That's why I love 70 no, I, fucking rules. Yeah, the thing with cancel culture, too, I mean, I agree with what you're saying. And I don't think, I don't think R. Kelly going to get another shot. But the Wait, thing can was, we talk to the fact that the woman from the daycare bailed him out? Yeah, yeah. He had oh, that's where she was what? from? What? Was, he had a white lady that owns a daycare. What? That's not here. It's Alabama. I thought a she was a black woman. woman. Nah, she white. Well, she, well, you know what? I saw footage of her in the, in the, in the McDonald's. She looked white. Maybe oh, she's like, she, she owns like, okay, how about more she, importantly? She owns nine businesses. Oh, God. What, what's, what, is, what is R. Kelly's new work? Like everyone's like, should R. Kelly be around? I'm like, I don't know. Since ignition, I'm not sure I've heard <laughs> That's of anything. Like, but no. they want him to be total canceled. Like today and yesterday's work. It's not just about today. It's about just erasure. Erasure. And I don't think. Well, the checks must R. Kelly stop is, coming. Yeah. yeah, the checks stop coming. His last few albums have sold nothing. Yeah, yeah. they ain't. They ain't do but shit. he made so much money that it shouldn't even matter. But boy, but, I, I think I didn't listen to all 19 minutes of that song. I, I did. But, I <laughs> Did he admit that he sold his publishing? He admitted he sold. He admitted he sold his publishing. Oh wow! He admitted that he uh, he admitted he, he's he can't read. He admitted he's illiterate. Um, but he, he sold his publishing. That's, that's what he said in the song. Most valuable asset he had. Because but, but he probably had to like man, y'all motherfuckers understand, bro. Like for you to have a times. criminal trial. Yeah, well, that no, shit was five years. I understand that. Five damn. years of goddamn billable hours. Yeah, I, I was nigga. gonna say he can't over. afford his legal bills. There's no Trump super PAC paying him. Like, <laughs> yeah. who's I'm paying just thinking, R. Like, Kelly's those space bills? Checks weren't that good. I mean, they were probably good. If but they you were slow. They were probably check, slow. Even if they were slow, you don't piss on churn, nigga. No, so I, you, know, I know. So I, you I, was I, good. Yeah. They'd have been good for you. Yeah, but I'm just saying. But, you know, if you got to keep paying off parents and shit every damn quarter. But yeah, I definitely just, know, I know that I know that publishing checks are really a three time a year thing. Right. You get them every quarter. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. I can't yeah. imagine that he's got any money. No. Well, definitely not. Because I initially thought like, okay, well, when he gets arrested. A million dollars is a hundred thousand. Yeah, I believe I can fly. Yeah, he can cover nah, that, homie. And I, I couldn't believe that she, you know. Yeah, I had think the, I think it was the the picture I saw when she was with him in the when he went to McDonald's. That's the first thing he did. She owns the wait, McDonald's wait, in Chicago. I know she owns it. She just went to him. Uh, uh, he went uh, to the uh, Rock and Roll McDonald's. McDonald's. He still goes delicious. there. He got out. He still goes there. It is. He went to he it, he went. I'm you sorry, know the owner, Stephanie. <laughs> it is. <laughs> he went. He went to the Rock and Roll McDonald's, like presumably to get a McRib. And what's the Rock and Roll McDonald's? That's it's the, the biggest McDonald's in Chicago. Chicago. It's yeah. like, it's like Wally World. It's of like a Chicago. <laughs> it's like a club in there at night. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like a, a city block. It's it's the biggest McDonald's you ever seen. And in the seen. South Side. Um, no, in like so downtown. Like, yeah, yeah. Like off of Michigan Avenue. Yeah, I've been so, there a yeah. few times. It's, it's I banging. just don't understand how these women continue to be in his web. Um, well, I some think it's like well much like, like <laughs> well, no, it's much like much <laughs> like your Steve. Trump, much <laughs> like your Trump waitress. Mm-hmm. R. Kelly came and talked to them. Yeah, he like he he was he came. He I saw you, and now yeah. you know that it was that's what it was. But and he offered them. But fame doesn't that take us right back to this cancel culture? Look at these people who are rising. 
whether it's a Trump having his following or an R. Kelly, see someone, hear them. Well, I don't know if I need to hear Trump or R. Kelly, but well, we should. Oh, you mean no, the supporters, the people the, who support not those two, but all those people out there that want to be seen and heard, that are the, the ones that are falling victim to. Yeah. Oh, that's falling. Okay, mm-hmm. gotcha. The ones that's getting finessed. I hear. You. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean they're getting finessed. Like, hey, no, you're I'm right. But, no, that's that's the R. Kelly game. Yeah. So I, yeah. So I don't know. I, I think he's. Um, he, I think he might actually see some time on this one. I don't know. Did you watch Fire Festival? Oh my god! Oh my god! I did. That Wait, shit was great. Which which of the two? Because I watched the Netflix. I watched the Netflix. Netflix is way better one. than yes. Yeah, yeah, the Netflix Netflix one. How did that happen? Yo, it was the it to me social that is media. one of the most. Yo, it's social media, and it's a story of just how in America you can sell any kind of bullshit as long as you package it right. Except all of the except for the main guy, all those people. Like, how did they not say, like, this thing isn't going to work? I'm out. I think it was what, so my, Try what to I thought it. was, <laughs> yo, and the people who were early on, I very think it was kind of almost like to make a, a, a financial parallel, like the banking crisis. I think there are a lot of people, or the the, fun, the housing mm-hmm. crisis, I think it was a lot of people that knew that shit wasn't going to work. Like, they saw what was coming, but they was like, yo, this shit is going to fall down, but if I can get what I can get out of it before... Yep. Then fuck yeah. it. But they knew that shit wasn't going to work. I think they saw Hail Mary pass and just pray to God Lynn Swan was at the end. The two older <laughs> reference. Odell, 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 Odell was there yeah, to catch with one hand. They had to know. Because the thing is, when the homie, the, the, the key part to me was when your man was in the Andy. Um, not not the dick sucking water dude. But that was dude. the best. <laughs> the <laughs> the <greatest>. Spoiler alert. <laughs> oh, spoiler alert for those having. You didn't the, see it? I saw it. Oh. The planner dude, when he was like most festivals take like a year. Yeah, 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 he was yeah, like, yeah. most like if you know, yeah. they take a year. He said, when they told me I had six weeks to feed and do all this shit, I do. Like, you knew this shit it was a goddamn G. But think about all those vendors there still never got paid. Yeah. The lady um, did get a... They uh, raised, they, uh, for the main woman that lost like 50,000 bucks, they, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, GoFundMe? Go, yeah, they GoFunded her. Yeah. But why did we have to pay for that? Why didn't, what's his name? Fuck Jerry. Fuck Jerry, who's still making raking in money. Yeah, because cause then so where's that voice coming from? It became fuck from fuck Jerry. Where? That was like the new hashtag. It became fuck fuck Jerry. And I think I think they took a little hit. Ja Rule said he might bring that joint back though. He said that the other day. Mm. And that was not after thing. is fifty cent gonna buy up all the tickets? No. <laughs> <laughs> so is empty when he come out to perform? That's not fraud. That's not fraud. It's like <laughs> Wait. <laughs> that was but like, <laughs> how does Ja Rule come out of it unscathed? That I don't know because we it, missed the nineties. I think what it might. might oh, I'm sorry, he's not a nineties rapper. He's an arts rapper. I, I, I don't know. I think the documentary kind of painted him to be a kind of a victim of the whole situation too, where they just kind of used his his image to to pull off this festival. I mean, it's not that it's, he's not. I agree. He, he's not like you know completely blame free because he should have done his due diligence. But and he that's didn't. it. Like. I agree. Like, we overuse this word victim. A victim is somebody who's walking down a street who gets attacked in a gang initiation. A victim is not somebody who closes his eyes and closes his ears and lifts his champagne glass and says, let's see how it goes. And to that point, like, Ja Rule looks at himself like, I was a victim here. No, come on now. No, I I believe, again, I I love doing the Ray Kroc versus Ronald McDonald thing. (laughs) <laughs> I think he was just Ronald McDonald, really not knowing what Ray Kroc was up to behind him. And you don't agree with me, Zara? No. I think he could have given some of his money to that woman that owned that bar. I agree. 
I don't think he has money. Uh-uh. Oh, okay. What you saying? He got He to- did two years in jail for tax evasion. Oh, that's right. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, and I'm well, sure any money that he quote unquote earned, I'm sure Irv Gotti probably has yeah, most Yeah, yeah, you're right. So. My bad. You're right. Sure oh, public. Yeah, you know. Should we have him on the show one day? Yes. Irv or, no. Irv or oh. Jar? <laughs> what? I love her. Like what, Which jar? one? What we talking about, Jar? Either one of them. Shit. Like good what? stories. Good story. I like good stories. Man, them niggas. I, look, I, I was not a Murder Inc. fan. Listen, like I mean, I res- so I respect Irv, the way. Talk to us about the time you guys signed Vanessa Carlton. Yeah. Right. <laughs> when what happened with that Vita album? Like, yeah, I just wasn't. I don't know. I wasn't a fan like that. I respect the movement. They had hits. I can't knock it. But I never thought none of that shit was hot. I didn't either. I thought it was a good story. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, so I feel silly because as much traveling as I do and as many Airbnbs that I stay in because that's the only way I travel, I really have never considered my own space. I mean, think about it. What if you can make money for your next vacation while you're on vacation? And I know what you're thinking. You're like, my house is just not fancy enough. I just can't do the things. You're sleeping on your space. I'm sleeping on my space. Yes, I'm talking to myself. And I really don't even have to use my whole place. I could just Airbnb a room. I know how this works. Because again, I use Airbnb. Duh. I mean, just think about it. Most of us that use Airbnb are only using it for 50% of its power. We're spending the money, but we're not making the money. What if we could do both? Whoa. Mind-blowing. And your home really might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, it's Sugar Steve from Questlove Supreme. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Can we ask fun MSNBC questions? I've been waiting. I just want to. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, because yeah, we were talking about this earlier. And she's wanted too. Uh-huh. No, no, good. First of all, the aspect of having two shows on MSNBC, um, can we talk about that on the daily? And how the fuck you do that with being somebody's wife and three people's mom? We never got to- That was literally my first question. And we this is this has been the, yeah, a 90 right. minute rabbit hole. You're right. <laughs> all I wanted to say was <laughs> in addition to having to deal with pundits all day, 
you still have to be a mom and a, and a wife. How do you balance it? Like, I could get the Two 14 shows. job Okay, things, here's the thing. But Anyone like, and, and all of us, none of us were ever balanced, right? People who are grinders and overachievers have never, like, achieved something and been like, whew, you know, I'm all set. And I think that uh, these are blessings, right? I'm so lucky to have this moment, to have this time to be in news, to have this opportunity to be married to somebody who hasn't kicked me out and to have three kids <laughs> who are all standing and tying their shoes and I'll work it out. Can I ask you a question? Yes. Okay, so so if a certain unnamed network Sugar Network? That starts with an F rhymes and rhymes with, with box. <laughs> <laughs> if a certain uh, unspeakable network comes to you with the bag no, but you can still be yourself. How could you do this? She can't be. Stephanie. Wait, time out. Okay, sorry. Time I'm not, out. I'm not her. You're time right. out. But listen, listen. Okay, now correct me if I'm wrong, Zara. Is Murdoch's sons going to take over? No, that deal went away. So because of their anymore. political, because of their. Lachlan Murdoch runs Fox News. Okay, I, I'm. I was hearing through the cheese line that. Murdoch's sons weren't as extreme as, you know, the Roger Ailes Well, you would know. They, they, they were, they were trying to buy Sky. Yeah, they I were trying heard. to buy so the Sky network. they were trying network. to dilute it a little bit. And then I so when they were it. trying to buy Sky, what they were trying to do is not have the huge sexual harassment issues. Right. They, they didn't want to have – they weren't changing anything inside the company, but they didn't want to have massive um, – sexual harassment headlines that was going to block that deal. Well, but Sky also said, like, we would never associate ourselves with you because everyone thinks you're a joke. And it almost seemed like they said, well, we're what What do we have to do to have a real conversation? There's no reason and- for them to change what they make. And we're talking, obviously, about Fox News. Right. Fox News has no reason Why would to they change make so what they money? make. What they make formula? is extraordinarily successful yeah. for the people who watch it. Right. There are the, the many people who watch it, you know, wear it like a badge of honor. Now, they talk about are they going to have to change to start to attract a young, a younger demographic because, you know, they're the go to for that, uh, you know, over the age of 50 white male demographic, many of whom watch it. I just want to uh, see a pair of calves and heels like. Uh, and more that. than that, though, listen, I mean, uh, the young they, they, the they, they, they haven't skipped a beat in their success. Lots of people are watching. MTV's Kennedy? Yeah, she's on them every morning. She is, in the afternoon, yes. Oh, the afternoon. MTV's Kennedy yeah, is on Fox News? She's, she's quite conservative. I've, Always has been. She's what? a little bit more of a libertarian than a, than a conservative conservative. You know, she's a small government. Yeah. Um, I'd never watch Fox News unless I'm trapped in an airport. I, I they're, <laughs> they're great at what they make. And now if you're asking me if they, if they walked in and said, I'd like to give you a pile of money and you could still make your thing, I don't think it would be a – I don't see that happening because what I have to say wouldn't sell to their audience. And now, I don't necessarily have what you would call traditional – only progressive or only liberal views. Mm-mm. To me, like – But you asked the right question. But that's it. Like, I, I, I'm just myself. I lean into – I want to live the best life for my family, and I want my neighbors and my community to live their best life. But that might mean I don't always align myself. You know, like, let me make it easier. To me, the most brutal place isn't cable news. It's social media. <laughs> because social media, you don't ever get to actually speak your mind and be yourself. It's like performance art. Hmm. And the moment That's you're crazy. categorized as something, 
You have to fit into this. Or suddenly, I didn't know you were this. I, I leave you now. And, you know, there's a really beautiful, I wish I knew it off the top of my head, Dave Chappelle quote that he gave a couple months ago where he said, when did the world get this messed up where everyone in your house you had to agree with? You only talk to people who who were on the same side of everything. It's an echo chamber. And he said, disagreement, even with the people closest to you, is what makes us great. This is when we lose heart and humor and we stop getting smarter. And so... There are people who are super liberal who don't like what I have to say. Unfortunately for them, they got no other network to go to. You were sad that they don't have more Nicole Wallace's on Fox because I just got to say I love the way she has evolved as a Republican and her way of thought. Not that she's a Democrat now. I don't think so, but just in her sense. And I feel like that kind of voice needs to be more present over there. most people... Don't label themselves, I'm a Republican, I'm a Democrat. We're all the same. We're all just trying to get by. But she by. did because she was a Republican. She was. I mean, that was know, her career. That was her job, yeah. But for most people out there, we're all just trying to live our best lives, get to our highest self. Yeah. And the well, more we can focus on that and less on politics. Listen, if you were a single mother in the south side of Chicago, would you say, I identify myself as X or Y? No. No, you're I like. I didn't know I myself as trying to make my goddamn rent. <laughs> I, 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 but that's exactly but, it. The thing is, though, is that I'm fine with disagreements if the person disagreeing with me. I respect them. Not even I respect them. If they come with actual facts. Right. Boom. You nailed it. Now, okay, let's, from a musical standpoint, uh, okay, a, a music fan could give me the pros of why Sly and the Family Stones, there's a ride going on. It's such a, a, a monumentous, important moment in funk. But a person like me is kind of sad at that record because I feel guilty as celebrating the joy of someone who's... Descent into drug addiction. On, on heroin. Yeah. yeah. It, I feel like it's watching a car accident. And, and I acknowledge it. You know, but I'm just saying that I feel that both arguments are based in fact. They are. However... A lot of the political arguments are just more about my side's winning, my side's winning. And I don't know. I just feel as though I believe I'm on the side of the truth. Like when I watch Rachel Maddow, I don't feel as though she's trying to, you know, put me on her agenda. I don't no. believe she has an agenda. If you I believe that she's revealing Rachel the Maddow truth. Show, you feel like you're at a college course. Yeah. And right. I yeah. I didn't watch Rachel before I got into political news. I have to be perfectly honest. I don't have a great voting record in that it wasn't a, a priority in my life. Mm. And now that I see so many of our basic rights in question, I'm filled with guilt over that. And even what I thought Rachel was, mm. what, and then I started watching, it's like watching a master class. I don't feel like... There's a political agenda, and where you're exactly but right. But Fox News will look at her and say, um, "Elitist, homosexual. Oh, she's trying to progressive socialist." Right, but I feel that the the basic the the, the basic gripe in not listening or even taking her words and filtering it because she's not this or she's not that. Well, yeah, but you know, because then I just feel that. Most conservatives might feel that, well, you know, she can't be telling the truth because she's she's a gay. Then find a way. And that's against God. And then that, and then, then that goes into then a whole nother. we need to find a way to see those people and hear those people. Because. People say a uh, gay. I know. I'm I, sorry. Because, <laughs> uh, stop gay. laughing. Listen, I know, it's <laughs> Cable news ratings are up. 
but we have to break through the stereotype so people can actually hear you. And we have to stop attacking the president about his weight or his hair. Or is it like, we don't have to go with all that. He gives us- We don't do that on MSNBC. Correct. Uh, correct. But I'm CNN saying- CNN do it? We don't need to jump to conclusions about what we believe he's guilty of before we know it. Because guess what? Right now, at this moment, I'm sure he's given us something. Right, He's going to be- Somebody who's told, I want to say the Washington Post has now added it to 8,000 lies- we can stick to covering those 8,000 lies. And we have to resist the temptation. Of overkill? Of over, because guess what? We're all guilty of it. Whenever oh my I God, get, yes. whenever Fox News, you know, at prime time, will do a segment at night mocking me. They do that? Sure. I don't watch it. Fox News. You made but it. But here's yeah. the thing. When they do it. Oh, <laughs> you haters ain't popping. There's usually a little bit of fact in there. I got a little lazy that day. I got over my skis. It was usually on a Thursday or a Friday because I didn't do my homework and I'm tired. So we are challenged right now. We must stick stick to the facts because the facts are on our side. But you make an amazing point around freedom of speech in that we support freedom of speech. But where we're conflicted is if people are just spewing propaganda and lies, that's where we don't want them to. But then it's... But that, that's, that's but that's my next kind of thing because you say like we should hear these people. I really think it's some people we just don't need to hear. Yeah, it's true. If they talking that bullshit, like we so don't what need about to Tommy give you a Lauren? platform. You know what I mean? Who? Tommy Lauren. Tommy Lauren or uh, Lauren? Oh, Tommy. Oh, yeah, like that. Like when I saw like and in, don't give her any air. Yeah, don't you give know her, what? But don't talk about her now. But that's, that's my what you're point. Saying. Don't talk about she her now. She exists yeah. because we're talking about her. So you know what? Let's just put that. Said, said it now. Yeah, we don't need to hear her. What do you think? I want to know your opinion on Howard Schultz. <laughs> I think he's an extraordinary businessman. I think, um, listen, he's an unbelievable success story. I think that coming off the last election and looking at, at, at politics historically, we have a two-party system. And the two-party system might stink, it might be unfair, but that's what we got. Mike Bloomberg has spent millions of dollars researching what it would look like to run as an independent. He's done the math. And he goes, it doesn't work. He didn't run last time because he knew that running was only going to help President Trump win again. The concern for Howard Schultz, if he goes to run as an independent, is only going to advance President Trump. And I think it takes a whole lot of chutzpah or brazenness to think that you can win outside the system system stinks, but unfortunately, you got to figure out how to win in the system. Wait, has he been forgiven outside of Starbucks? Yeah, 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 yeah. He yeah. did. He did. Uh, Common did some commercials and uh, they yeah. had some some workshops. They chose him. Starbucks. Yeah. And then you wouldn't take the call. <laughs> Shut the fuck up right now. Wait, Sarah, I heard We can build. <laughs> You that, can that's be. Microsoft. That's Microsoft. Oh, I, it's the same thing. It's common, nigga. It again, it's, it's the same guy in every part. Y'all missed that Zara joke, though. That was funny, though. What'd you say? <laughs> Nothing. I heard it. I heard it. <laughs> What'd you say? What'd you say? You missed it. You're going to have to wait for, the, for this episode to air. Okay. <laughs> it's too true. Who makes <laughs> what? Who makes you laugh at MSNBC? That's my question. I wanted to ask you I'm going to tell really you like... who makes me laugh that's a comedian right now. Yes. Do you guys know who Sebastian Menescalco is? Yeah. Oh, he's not on it, but yes. I love you. Don't think he's funny. No, I, I I don't. I'm not up on him. I can. I, yeah. yeah. I th so, I mean, I like dirty comedians too. But to be a comedian and not go after people and not be dirty, still be that takes the talent. Yeah. 
And I saw this guy for the first time like nine months ago. Jerry Seinfeld had a night with sort of all of his favorite comedians. I urge you, look him up on YouTube. I think he is something else. Okay. But on MS, I got to tell you, I really love working there, and I really love the people I work with. They work so hard. They are so smart. They're just great to be around. Seems that way. Is I just there... Oh, good. No, I, just, I was just wondering if you guys ever really, because in our minds, we want to think that y'all play. Exactly, y'all play with each other. I mean, I'm like, sure Rachel makes the drinks, right? Where I'm like, <laughs> she sent everybody drinks for Christmas. But um, there are moments where I'm going, I can't believe Andrea Mitchell knows me. Right? Like, <laughs> I, I can't believe that. And just within all Zara of always loses in the hallway when she walks by. Andrea <laughs> Mitchell? Whenever she's inside yeah. of me, I'm almost like, I can't believe it. Right? I mean... Across the board, right? And on the embassy, Savannah Guthrie. I, I mean, like, I was in England for the royal wedding, and I'm walking down the street with Savannah and Hoda, and people are losing their minds when they see Hoda. And the beautiful thing about that is she brings them joy. Mm. She's always smiling. She brings them joy. And that is something, like, yes, you're bringing people the news and really important stories, but you have a relationship with people at home. I mean, my partner, Ali Velshi, I love him. Katie Turr, I love them all. Joe and me. Hallie's Can you tell us how you do it? Shout out to Hallie Jackson. How did you come to have two shows? Or is it just two hours? Do I say two hours? No, I, I have two shows right. there. Um, I, I, came, I came to NBC and I was anchoring uh, my show on MSNBC. And I used to anchor uh, the Today Show on Saturdays. Yeah. But when you're a mom and you have three kids, you know, a six-day work week is well, something's got to give. I was going to say that I still feel as though there's rooms for like w there's more room at the top for you not to jinx anything but what is higher is the today show a better lateral move or for me i can just say whether it's at nbc or anywhere but is it I don't the dream? Have long -term go I, I, I don't have dreams or long-term goals. Wow, talk about that's interesting. Be in the moment. Like, so just, like, I used to. Really? And it and it was and all it did was give me stress and anxiety. And more can, than that, yeah. it put yeah. me in terrible positions that I would have bosses that I did that I would either have terrible bosses that treated me badly or a bad job with a great boss. And I'd say, like, well, this is awful, but I just have to I just have to hang tight and then in a year it's all gonna be better. And if you're living your life like you me waiting for things in the music to get business, but that's it. If you're, if you're living your life, if you're in a relationship or a family in a job, like this blows so badly right now, but in a year it will be great. The My year life will never just, come. It, it, yeah. That's just then the goalposts just keep moving, and the, like there's only three things you have no control of: the weather, your health, and time. And giving your time to something that you, like, no job do you love all the time. Working is a grind. Waking up early is a grind. But you've got to be doing something that the people you like or you're getting better or parts of it are exciting. And if it's not, that doesn't work. But as far as, like, what's my ultimate? I didn't even, eight years ago, I didn't know I was going to be in television. Two years ago, I had no idea I'd be covering politics. And here I am, you know, going to bed and waking up with Trump tweets. So... <laughs> If we can say, I'm going to try to go to bed happier than I was when I woke up, like, that's it for me. Amen. Amen. Wow. That's a benediction right there. Is it like being a doctor? Like, right now, if something catastrophic happens, this episode's coming on way later. So, you know, if something catastrophic happens in the world of politics or, you know, development, um, is it you have to rush to stop what you're doing and... Me, me. Yes. Okay. But. Oh. 
Absolutely, right? And people are trying to game their vacations and this and that. But I'm 43 years old, and I have three kids. Mm -hmm. And in any job that you ever have in that moment, either that massive deal at work or that massive show or the massive news thing, it feels like everything. Mm -hmm. And then six months later, you can't even remember true. that day. That is so true. Like, you can't. So has living in this, this time that we're in right now sort of ruined... No, because Donald Trump doesn't get to take my joy. Mm -hmm. He doesn't get to take my personal life or my family. And when I'm there, I'm going to give it 100%. And if I can be there at breaking news, I will be. But if I can't, But have they then called you sometimes go. and you're like way in Jersey somewhere and they're like, oh, let's get Hallie. It sure, yes, these things happen. But I can't live my life like, oh, my God, I wasn't there. And they pick some, you know, you know, there's this idea in TV like she was on maternity leave. And when she was out, the girl who filled in was the best. And then her career was over. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Like, I don't I mean from a moral like standpoint. I just mean from a logistics. Do, yes. When breaking they, news they happens, know where you are all, do they all send out like a massive text to see which one of the 10 They already of you know will... where you are. Every week, every Friday, you have to tell them, here's where I am this weekend. Wow. Wait, so can I ask, is... Well, I was going to ask. So if you're planning on having a rendezvous with me, you better keep it on the DL. <laughs> yes, no, no, no. I just mean like, well, in the case of Brian, who always seems to be there in suit and tie, like when something happens or breaks, is he like in a holding area just waiting for Brian, something? So, so, so when there is like a big event or like a, I mean, that's Brian's jam. Like that's what Brian does. Right. I mean, listen, if he's away, he doesn't do it. But if like, a massive... But he always seems to be there when it's breaking news time. It's the time of... It's it like, don't you ever way. go home? But his no, thing is 11 o'clock, but, so. but But he's our breaking news person. So, you know, if there's a, an awful thing, God forbid, a shooting, you know, someone's going to be there taking us through it. And then probably at the top of the hour, once Brian gets there... Brian's the guy who's going to take you through for the See, next See, I thought he had to come in at like 12 in the afternoon and just and wait. Plus, don't he, no. don't he, he probably has a fat contract to be that breaking news guy. Like, that was a big deal for them to have him in the first place. So, yeah, I'm going to call you because I'm paying you all this guy. Well, no, no, I wanted to know if he literally just chills there 12 hours a no. day waiting for something to break. And it doesn't. Okay, well, I'm going to go home now. I was yeah. surprised to see you doing the um, the last date of the union. I was like, she got to get up in the morning, and is she going to wait for, for uh, Do you sleep at the office sometimes? No, but I have to tell you, like, there's some days where I'm like, because sometimes I do Brian Williams' show at night, which is at 11. And if I did have a shower in my office, it would be better on those nights. Because it's true that you know this from working late. The thing is, you know this. If you work late, you get home, then you open your door. Then you open the refrigerator. Then you check the mail. Then you turn the TV on, and it's 2 in the morning. As opposed to if you did TV at 11 o'clock at night, walked in your office, went to sleep. You could, might be asleep at 12.05, and I might be up early for work. But on nights like State of the Union, come on now. This is our Super Bowl. This is what we do it for. If you can't stay up late one night and wake up early one day, then Laverne and Shirley called. You should be working at the, bo the bottle factory. <laughs> <laughs>I have a question. Yes. Um, so he was asking, I think, ten minutes ago, essentially, uh, is uh, what's the what could be bigger or whatever, or what would you want next or more than what you have now, career-wise, I guess, or show-wise or whatever. And um, wouldn't it seems like you? Well, I guess my question is. Wouldn't the next step be to get into politics rather than, Definitely you know, not. to... Definitely I would not. never want to run for office. I think it's hard enough on my family that I chose to have a public life in the way that I do. 
my kids didn't choose this. I chose it. And what people go through who are running office, running for office, is so brutal that I, I just would not, and I. Well, hypothetically, all that aside, like where do you have a, where do you have a, a, a louder voice or, or more chance more to affect change? Yeah. Uh, I think it's pretty good where I am right now. What I wish we could do, and I don't see it done enough, is actually cover thorny cultural issues. Because what I'm afraid of right now is we're not talking about a lot of hard topics. Well, yeah, it's on repeat, the, especially the cable news. It's, it's like a 15-minute But it's also, it's too. narrow what we cover. Yeah, but there's lots yeah. of topics that because we're accusing one another of being ignorant or being closed-minded or being stupid, instead of continuing the conversation, we're getting silent. Me Too is a really good example. Mm -hmm. So for me, covering Me Too is very complicated. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's black and white. And when you Literally. try, yes, but when you try to, to dig into that, yeah, you get shut down. Yeah. You get shut down. And what it does is people who aren't necessarily stakeholders in that, like me, I find myself retreating and saying, you know what, I'm just not going to talk about it. Y'all got that shit then. Yeah. And so like a year, a, a year ago, I was doing, a, uh, actually Patel, but in LA, the conference mm -hmm. where Amir and I met, and I was doing a town hall uh, about Me Too. And I tried to bring up the idea of, you know, there's a spectrum and can we talk about forgiveness at all? And, and, and no. it was a no. Yeah. And, and one woman stood up and she said, absolutely not. I never want, I, for all of the women in the world who have ever suffered from the, for, for this, I never want to talk about, I never want to hear from those guys. And so I said, okay. And another woman stood up and said, corporate America was built by, the, by, a, by a white supremacist patriarchy. And until that's blown up, this conversation is moot. And I'm not saying that that woman is wrong, but what I am saying is that point is also, what she's saying is somewhat pointless because right now, corporate America is run by white guys. More guys named John and David than women total, and don't get me started on African Americans. So unless you can find a way to have a constructive conversation, they're going to go, uh-huh, uh-huh, and they're going to walk out the room. But I think before we bring up forgiveness, which is a point that I see, we never talk about justice. Absolutely. And, you know, and that's sort of like, but I don't. okay, mean I went months ago when I went to the Oscars. <laughs> um <laughs> You know, there was, I mean, there, I don't there, mean there was forgiveness for, the, for people who have committed the most offensive of assaults. I mean forgiveness in terms of just cultural forgiveness. Of yeah. We're getting much more mature. We're seeing people in a different yeah, way. Like, Are you suddenly you're not, saying... You're not allowed to grow. Like, you're not allowed to... Like, with, when we talk about mm. the whole cancel culture and everything, I mean, the thing about it is just that if, you're, if you see people, if you commit any kind of transgression or whatever, and you see that you're never going to be forgiven then you have no impetus to change. Like, you know what I'm saying? If you see, it's like, well, you know what? Y'all ain't going to fuck with me no way. So fuck it. I'm going to keep doing whatever the fuck I'm doing. Like, there's no, there's, I get it. you don't ever give that point and to that person. For a person like Russell Simmons, right. whom I've definitely seen the evolution of right. Def Jam, 80s Russell Simmons versus <laughs> Yoga Russell. Yoga Russell. Then why he hadn't. But go ahead. I'm sorry. I mean, what other choice he got? <laughs> well, because he can't make a living here. Changed. So yeah. he has to. 
But the world has changed from the 80s and the 90s and the early 2000s. And it's a weird thing that we have to learn, right? We were talking about this on our group text because we were, I mean, I, I hate to bring it up, but we were talking about a controversial story where a guy is being accused of being inappropriate with women, as in like going on a date and just pulling his penis out, right? And so talking about the, the levels of, okay, so. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. The levels of well, how should this guy be? How should he be taken care of? Even though this may have happened twenty years ago, even though you could have walked away, even though you could have laughed and been like, "I'm out." Like now, women are like, "I'm calling for justice." This is but, but what does that look like? What, what does, does that look like? Look right. Like look like? Yeah, like, because I'm like, he, you could have just walked away, bitch. Like, I mean, I remember when Aziz Ansari, when his story came out, and the woman, I'm like. Yeah, that Babe, was that, was that sounds like a bad hookup. And I'm not saying <laughs> she up. didn't have a bad experience, but last I checked, the premise of Sex in the City, which was, I don't know, the most successful show of its time, was kind of based on four girls hooking up with rich guys in New York City. Ooh, and some broke, yeah. Yeah, that was a bad and day so, for the sisters to have And so story. it's just a complicated thing. And you want to show sympathy and empathy for anyone who feels wronged. But you also have to realize, especially sexual experiences, something could happen between the two of us. And when we walk away, what you thought happened and what I thought happened are two different different things. And so no one has clearly articulated what the new rules of engagement and the rules of the road are. And when I say intimacy, I don't mean sex, but intimacy, especially among colleagues, is, at least for me, what has helped me... like be successful in my career. Amir and I are friends, right? We're both colleagues at MSNBC or at NBC, but we've never worked together. But when I met him, I connected with him and I cared him I cared about him as a person. You didn't even know his name. <laughs> <laughs> and if we get to ourselves But you know what I was bragging about it. But and you we, hugged him, which now it's like exactly. I get weird about hugging people. But now. if we yeah. get to a place where we can't even show compassion or show and any kind of compassion yeah. is I mean if you worked in the enter- music industry, if you worked in advert in a creative industry, you have to care about people. Yeah, because you're working with these motherfuckers all the time. Like it's sometimes you might see these people more than you see your damn family. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's yeah, that, that's wild. It's, we we establishing. I think that's the that's the whole thing about right now in this time with all these race conversations and all of these convers these Me Too conversations. Like we're reestablishing ourselves yeah. and the rules, and we're also acknowledging of what we didn't know. Yeah, and I think you have to give people the space for that, like because it's like even with the whole with the whole blackface thing, like when they going through these white college yearbooks and finding all these white folk <laughs> doing this shit, it's like, dude. I mean, again, for me, it's different as a southerner because like I went to these schools, I knew all them good old boys, like they was listening to Wu Tang, but they had goddamn Confederate flags on their trucks. But, and shit. I, but they should and be punished just, in some form of fashion because not for nothing. That's that's the eighties. Not for nothing. Open a book. Like I'm tired of white people having excuses for not knowing black for culture. That's I'm American not culture. Excuses. I'm like not, this is a part of a, blackface was a part of American it culture. It was a part of American culture, but it wasn't. Yes. I mean, but you gotta think though. It's a thing like a society to me. Society is nothing more than just a contract, right? It's just a contract, and like it's an ever evolving, ever renegotiable contract. So. One day it's like, okay, this was cool, but then all of a sudden you wake up and it's like, no, this ain't cool no more. I just know that people don't be a few, uh, offending Jewish people as much. Like they know the rules. People know the rules about certain cultures. They will not. What did you do? What? What? But like, what? Uh, it happens much faster for other cultures. It does than happen us. much faster. With us, we got to be understanding. And you got to understand that they don't know and blah 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 blah. I'm well, like, I'm not saying we understand they, they don't know. They should want to know. Yeah, that was some crap. But most people don't want to know. But there are tons of things that I'm not sure why you shouldn't do it. 
And this is an opportunity to explain to find out it. Why. Right. And find out why. I've I've had to explain to many people about minstrelsy and and that sort of and people that just didn't know about the history they of They knew that it was wrong, but they didn't know why. And sometimes I feel like with, with you know, with some fight white folks they can know why, but they're like, Well, well that's no big anyway. deal. Yeah, that's no big it's deal no to big me. Deal. So I don't want the big deal. I'm gonna just fucking do it. I don't wanna... But that's because I think a lot of white people when you say white privilege, they're like, what do you mean white privilege? I, I don't have it so easy because we take for granted what we don't realize. Right, right. Exactly. It's just, yeah. Yeah. Because they're saying, how could you say, because the idea of white privilege, like, I, I don't have a privileged life. I'm struggling. Right. But when you actually put it into context. Don't call a cab. Just stand outside real quick. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> it's true. I, I, was, I was recently, uh, I was upstate skiing. And there was a woman there talking, and she goes, you know, people talk about white privilege all the time. I mean, I don't think it exists. And I said, have you looked at this mountain? Do you see any black people skiing any on it? Any black people that ain't serving you. Y'all, it's so, you're so privileged, you don't even know when we're missing. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> no, but because the idea, because for some people, they think that they, they conflate, they conflate white privilege with white supremacy. And they're not the same right, thing. Right, they're not. But those two things get conflated. That's interesting. Yeah, no, because it's like to say that. white privilege is like to say, it's not saying that it's easy to be white. I'm not saying that just because you're white, you're going to have an easy life. That's easy. not true. Uh, yeah, right. You're giving life is going to fuck everybody, but, right. you know, but you're going to... A little easier, but you ain't going to know it, so it's still going to feel hard to you. It's still hard to you, <laughs> but, but if you had to walk a day in my shit, you would jump off a fucking bridge. And, you ever and, see the Michael Landon? I was about to bring this. <laughs> oh yeah, the, the meme that was going the, around all that. Oh, week. that's the great. I watched that shit a hundred times. Yeah, Stephanie, the Michael, from, Michael from Landon little, from Little House. Little House. House. So uh, Todd Bridges, nine-year-old Todd Bridges. Yeah, he's he's talking to Michael Landon. He said he asked him a question from 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 Little House on the. I mean, no, Todd Bridges, different strokes. strokes. Yeah, different strokes. Yeah, almost. He was like nine years old. Yeah, he asked Michael Landon, "Would you rather be? What was it? Would you rather be black and live forever?" Or Live to 100. Or be white and die at 50. And then all of a sudden, Michael Landon, the panning <laughs> and the John Williams Jaws-like music. <laughs> and Michael Landon's the pensive look of pain on his face and the look of defeat on his face when he realizes, yeah, I'd still be... I'd rather I'd die at 50. at 50 and like just walk away. And for the record, Michael Landon died at the age of 54. Wow. And what was the rest of the joke? And who who lived to be uh Well no no no, he just walked away. Basically Michael Landon was basically saying, "Yes, I'd rather st- I'd still be white." Yeah, I don't know. Okay. 50. Just like when Chris Rock said, "None of you would trade places with me and I'm rich." And I'm I'm rich. rich. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. right. Let me just write this from, I mean the, the show I don't want to defend anything unpopular right now. <laughs> nah, go in, son. <laughs> but the show is Little House on the Prairie, which is based in the yeah. Oklahoma. 1800s. Yeah, but Michael Landon seemed to be the lone liberal. <laughs> on the prairie. He on always the did prairie. the right thing, though. Yeah. Uh, I have a question real yes. quick. Um, so I hinted at the fact that I went to school for working in the news, uh, working in te- television news earlier. Um, what's What made me switch directions... Um, happened in my senior year, a little event that you might have heard of, heard of called 9-11. Um, that morning, um, you know, I actually had to work first, go to work first, and then I had to go to class. Where were you? Uh, Ball State University in Muncie, Indiana. And, um, 
and basically like the whole department like we just all came together and it was it was it was the class was the coverage of the news and i'm just watching all this stuff and i'm realizing like if i go into this for the you know as a career you know i i've seen the bud dwyer suicide video in class you know they, they damn yeah they showed it in class what philly yeah bud dwyer he was he was like some he was caught up in some scandal he was a, a corrupt uh uh councilman mm-hmm. who uh strategically called a uh, press conference yeah. in a in a philadelphia uh judicial room um, but he did it in from the judge's position where there's like a, a protective barrier, and, and then he pulls out a gun, and then he uh, killed himself live on television. Yeah. We all saw it. So yeah, it was, it was yeah. you know, your ethics, your, your journalism ethics classes and all that. And you know, just, showed you that? Yeah, I mean, because if I'm working in news, I'm gonna you like, might come across I'm gonna come across this shit. So you know, with watching 9/11 happen. And you know, I'm realizing that I'm I don't have time to process this as a human being. I have to get ready to get something on air. You know, this is, you know, have you ever had a situation where you were had your cover, emotions and- where your emotions were kind of running really high and you weren't sure? Yeah, I mean, first of all, uh, it, it's it would be odd to find a day when I don't cry a little bit on TV because I definitely do. Um, I did actually last summer, and it wasn't a great night for me when we were. In McAllen, Texas, at the border, uh, was sort of when there was first news coverage of what was going on with child separation. And it's very rare for Rachel Maddow to cry. Mm -hmm. And I was going on right after Rachel. And it was in the last moments of her show was when she found out that there were what's called tender age detention centers for children who are separated who who are under the age of three. And Rachel was on talk about it, and she started crying on air. And then when Rachel handed off to me, I was really crying on air. And I sort of looked at the camera because um, Ivanka, uh, first daughter Ivanka Trump and first lady Melania Trump, always say, you know, Melania's whole thing is, you know, she's a devoted mother. And Ivanka always says, I stand for the advancement of women and girls. And the thing is, when you have the privilege of saying, I stand for something, that means you stood in the face of adversity. You stood up for something. And so I, I, I was so devastated by this idea of babies being taken from their mothers, I was re- I, I was, you almost couldn't even understand what I was saying. I was crying so hard on air. And some people after were like, oh, that was real emotion and that was raw and that was great, but it really wasn't. Mm-hmm. And after, the president of NBC, whose name is Andy Lack, who I worked for at, at Bloomberg too, gave me great advice. And he said, you can be real and you can be emotional on television, but it is your job to deliver this information. And the, the example he gave, he said, if, if someone died and, you, and, 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 and two of us performed eulogies, the same script, and I did it hyperventilating and crying with no control of my emotions, you'd walk away and be like, oh my God, Stephanie was devastated and she was crushed, she couldn't even make it through. It's not about the person that you eulogized. If you gave the same eulogy, the same words, but you were controlled, you could be emotional but controlled and knew that it was your job to deliver that message, people would forever remember that message. So I think, to me as a viewer or somebody who's in it actually, the best you can be is your real self, but you're not your real self sitting on a couch crying and screaming and wailing. You've gotta be sort of the boss of the table and saying, I'm here to deliver this to you in the best way I can. But something I think, and cable news has given us the opportunity to do it, 
unlike what sort of traditional network news is, A, we have more time, but B, it's edgier and we can be ourselves. And I don't mean like our opinionated selves, but our real selves. And I, I can see a difference of people who sort of grew up, you know, in a very traditional journalistic uh, kind of network news place where like, Never give yourself. Never give emotion. I I would not have Anderson gone. Anderson says that sometimes. I, I feel like, but I would, he does it would not have gone into this business if I couldn't be my. I, first of all, I went into it too late. I was thirty six years old. Like it was too late for me to <laughs> be anything but me. Um, and I think people want that. People like they don't want you to just give. Here is the information. You could get the information from the internet. Yeah. You can try to give it in in the best way you can. We had to do radio on that day. It was hard. The 9/11. I had to go on radio at 6 p.m. that night. Not easy, but it was. But but you also feel like you're doing a service to the, your yeah. folks because you're giving them the information that they need. And so the more you get in your head about that and getting your folks the information, the less you get into the feelings part. Covering shootings is horrible. Covering Parkland was horrible. Covering the. Do you remember that shooting in Texas last year that was in a church in Sutherland yeah. Springs, Texas, yeah. a tiny little Baptist church. Yeah. And a guy walked in and he shot everybody, you know, and they were facing the altar, so he shot him. Um, no, no, shot him from behind. Those are horrible to cover. I couldn't do it, so I had to, like, literally. You really? This, you really? Like, it was my senior year. <laughs> like, like I had to, I had to finish out the major, but like, 9/11's like, I, I don't think I can do this, like, because I just needed to process what had just happened, you know. Like, there's no way that, like, I wasn't trying to be an on-air person. You know, I, I was either going to be behind behind the camera or in an editing room somewhere. Editing room definitely would have been a problem because you, you're getting all the unedited footage. Right. You're seeing yeah. everything that's not yeah. going to, you know, not going to make it to air. So I just, you know, I had to do some serious soul searching. Like, I can't do this. So. Yeah, here you are doing it. But I think things it. have changed. But I'm not doing, like, playing. you know what I mean. I get it. But I, <laughs> fun, I also fun even fact. think okay. the shows that I love to watch or listen to, I don't think have traditional roles. I don't think it's like, you're the anchor, you're the, I mean, they're more, everybody involved is putting all the best ingredients they can think of in the pot, and hopefully everyone will rise with it, right? Like, I think people were more famous, like, I think people on television 10 years ago were more famous. Now I think great content makes people famous because there used to only be a few platforms, right? Like, when we were growing up, you could watch the Today Show. You could watch Good Morning America. You know what I mean? That was it. Now, was one of my professors. there are so many outlets. I think many. great things find their way. Yeah, overwhelming. Who was your professor? Steve Bell. Good wow. Morning. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Just passed away last month. Yeah. Fun fact. Or January. <laughs> Fun fact. When that uh, Bud Dwyer thing happened. Mm -hmm. Uh, that was the day that Prince premiered uh, Kiss on Power Night. Oh, my God. No, uh, <laughs> oh my God. Really? Yeah. So I literally, <laughs> whenever I hear that intro, wow, you think, you think, I you think always think of Bud Dwyer. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like that, you do? That, that, yeah. yeah. That, 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 that image was kind of Well, no, no, no. It, it, was, it happened coincidentally at the same time. Like my, parent, my parents and family were screaming, do not Google Bud Dwyer. Yeah. Oh, Okay. Ooh, don't do that to yourself. Okay. I don't know. Maybe now we're no, just immune to it. No, that's not something you shouldn't look up. Y'all shouldn't, shouldn't have to tell, tell nobody I was doing that. I wonder if it is on YouTube. I'm sure it is. Okay, so look, Stephanie, we're about to wrap up right now because I know you have to get up at 0 o'clock in the morning. So technically only got one question out. <laughs> so 
That's right. Good conversation. No, I didn't even get to yeah. where did you where were you born and all your childhood or whatever. Jersey. North Jersey. I, well, yeah, I mean, I asked, but anyway, thanks. Lehigh Steve. University. Ew. Yeah. So my second question. <laughs> what was the first record you ever purchased? Okay, so I feel silly because as much traveling as I do and as many Airbnbs that I stay in, because that's the only way I travel, I really have never considered my own space. I mean, think about it. What if you can make money for your next vacation while you're on vacation? And I know what you're thinking. You're like, my house is just not fancy enough. I just can't do the things. You're sleeping on your space. I'm sleeping on my space. Yes, I'm talking to myself. And I really don't even have to use my whole place. I could just Airbnb a room. I know how this works. Because again, I use Airbnb. Duh. I mean, just think about it. Most of us that use Airbnb are only using it for 50% of its power. We're spending the money, but we're not making the money. What if we could do both? Whoa, mind-blowing. And your home really might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, it's Sugar Steve from Questlove Supreme. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So... Check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cash back isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank. Member FDIC. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. The first record I can remember so vividly as truth. a child. No, no, I'm going to tell you. Okay. So the first record I can, like when I close my eyes, is the double soundtrack from Grease the movie. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Being a little girl staring at the green record one. with all of the photographs. What? Part one, right? I was just making sure. Grease one. Yeah, yeah. But okay. don't get me wrong. Like Grease Two, nobody wants to admit that How they've seen it. How do people ride for Grease Two? But you know, I've we're gonna never. score I mean, tonight the bowling yeah, song. You know Michael. what? Okay, I'll give you more than tonight. tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna Wait, score what? tonight. I've never seen we're it. We're gonna <laughs> rock. We're gonna Wait. roll. We're gonna pop. We're gonna bowl. Yeah. We're gonna score. Score, 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 score tonight. So don't like right there. You were gonna jump on Grease Two, and you knew all the words. It's true. It's just you know the one. So it was the Grease double album. I can 
so vividly remember. So white, every moment white, of white, white, white. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did that just happen? You see, Stephanie, no, we're being extra black, and they don't fuck his car. I know good shit. Greece is universal. I'm, I no, my sister. You know, here's the thing, though, about Greece. So. It's far dirtier than you remember. Oh yeah. Because I have little kids. That's a fun goo. I'm Sandra D. You, get, you get all Which the jokes one? now. And then I'm like, I'm sorry. What the chicks look? Who the what? Like yes. I yes. gotta go watch it again. A hickey from Kaniki, yes, because like my daughter's five, yeah, she and she loves musicals, oh, and I'm Mickey. like, oh come on, let's watch the dance scene, and I'm like, wow, Cha Cha Di Gregorio, I'm yes, Cha Cha. You, you ever try watching Back to the Future post Me Too? Uh, yo, yo all the 80s shit. That yeah, movie I do because is I, not I often well. compare the president to Biff from Back to the Future. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, what was your first concert? That's funny. Uh, Material Girl, Madonna. Yes. Oh, not a bad one. That's Were the Beastie Boys the opener? I don't think so. Oh, okay, okay. And I went to a meatloaf show at a community college. <laughs> wow. Really? Yeah, somebody's parents took us. Yo, when I, when I was seven years old, uh, I played meatloaf. In a pinball game. Wow. Uh, in Albany, New York. This this is back in the day when um, rock stars would normally stay at airport. What are you laughing at, Zara? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean you played him in a pinball game? Okay, you know what my oh, parents did for a living, right? Him? Yeah, because it's hard to play okay. him with. Oh, okay. Uh, I thought you. you I thought it was some sort of play thing. Okay, Jared, l- okay. L- let me explain to you. Oh, <laughs> hotels. <laughs> Wait, play what? Date. She thought you like were in a play, and your your role was meatloaf. <laughs> no. Oh, you played him. I thought you were playing <laughs> a meatloaf. I played against meatloaf. <laughs> no, he was, we're all confused. So you were playing. You was versus. He was your opponent. Right. Thank you. Okay, Stephanie. so look, I got what you. Back, back, yeah, I got you saying too. <laughs> back in most Sheridan holiday ends, they used to have something called game rooms, and. Every arcade game. Yeah, <laughs> hotels used to have uh, fully stocked arcades inside of to keep kids occupied. Now it's just like pay per view on your in your team. But kids used to have something. To, you either go swimming or you go to the game room. So <laughs> your parents give you five bucks, and then that buys you. Depending on if you memorize all the patterns on Pac Man, oh you know that could buy you a good three hours in the game room, and you know your parents could do whatever. Um, my my dad did like two weeks in uh, Albany, New York, and that's back when now rock stars stay in the best five-star hotels and the glamour and all that stuff. But back in the day, you could always find a rock act at whatever the nearest airport hotel was. So usually the Holiday Inn Airport or the Sheridan Airport. So we happen to be appearing there. My parents happen to be appearing there back in like 79, uh in Albany, New York, and I didn't know who Meatloaf was. I just knew that guy always playing, um, uh, I forget the name of the, I think, no, it wasn't Flash Court. That was like 81. Anyway, we became pals uh, playing pinball games That's in the game room, and I later really? found out. Yeah, it was him. I didn't even hear that story. I just heard meat- meatball music in my head. <laughs> I would do anything for love. Anyway. Won't do that. Oh, so, God, I loved him. Zara, what was your first uh, concert? Wango Tango. Brought to you by Kiss FM. What the hell is Wango Tango? It's like, you know Jingle Ball? Yeah. Kiss, yeah, F- Kiss FM in LA does a, uh, like a summertime one at the Rose Bowl. Who performed there? 
Oh no! Don't tell. She, she's gonna make us feel old. Don't don't ask her that. Never mind. Zero's not that. Go ahead, Zero. Oh know. what? Nothing. Go ahead. <laughs> Zero's of age. She just sounds fourteen. I can't remember, but I think it was like the Backstreet Boys. Oh, I remember Kelly Osbourne saying. Oh, she had so one good song. Been oh, yeah, oh, she had one oh. Good, it was during the Osbournes when the Osbournes were on. It been and uh, like ja Rule and Ashanti. Yeah, definitely. Oh, <laughs> 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 this is Wango Tango. You gotta have a little bit of everything, like Jingle Ball. What was the first Kelly record you brought? Osbourne had a song. Yes, yeah, it was she really did, good. She did a cover of Papa Don't Preach. It was her first single. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what was your first record? It was that. I'm Kelly Osbourne? <laughs> no. No, probably Raffi. <laughs> <laughs> Baby Beluga? Yeah, like age Motherfucker, how do you know Raffi's? <laughs> I was a kid at one point, too. You had Raffi records? He's a cultural I icon. Wasn't a, I, my parents didn't buy the Raffi didn't records, they, but my friends Linda did. Evans from Dynasty? You know what? Uh, no, I think Yanni did. Oh, yeah, there yeah, was, they were the, there was the yes, one yeah, word. Yanni okay, did. Rafi, Yanni. I thought they were both Laurel. the same thing. That's fine. You got them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Stephanie. Lower I appreciate this. This was a very generous interview. We we enjoyed talking to you. Oh, can Yo, I, can we I got, thank we her real quick? We do a drunken episode we do. with Stephanie. It's, Man. Stephanie, can I just tell you, it was one episode, I already told Zara this, but it knocked me off my feet. This guy was talking, he was on the a conservative, and he came at Belshi for no reason. He said, um, and where are you from? It was totally racial. And your ass jumped to his defense so quick that I thought you was going to jump through that screen. And I just wanted to tell you <laughs> that you. ever since that day, I have felt your spirit. Thank you. He <laughs> she was, was like, giving- why are you asking him where he is from? <laughs> he was trying to say that it was okay that Roy Moore down in yes, Alabama yes. went after underage girls because he looked at Allie and he said, well, you're from a far-off land trying to make yes. some sort of thinly-veiled Muslim race. Yes. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. well, he's from a far-off <laughs> land of Canada. So that guy could take a hike. Yo, you got pissed. It was great. Okay. Belshie you know was like, okay, though? I'm going to just let her speak. Then, yeah, you got, she got this. But think about that. Think about in Alabama, that guy almost got elected. And, it, and uh, listen, there was some, Charles Barkley, the night before, went down to Atlanta and said, I mean, not Atlanta, Alabama, uh, Alabama. and said, we have to be better than this. Mm. And he got out the vote. It made a difference. I didn't know that was Charles Barkley. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. And remember, yeah. 20 years ago, Charles Barkley was a guy saying, I don't want to be an idol. I don't need to. I don't want to be a role model for your kids. Mm. Wow. Evolution. Uh, Which, guess what? Everybody can. Everybody can. I, well, I, don't, I don't say everybody. Before, uh, a lot of people can. Before I let you go, <laughs> everybody has a potential too. Potential, yeah. Before Whether I let you go, ah, no, see, this is just going to no, open another what? Right. what? No, because she can come back and, you know. We got any back for, I feel like we should have her back for our year yes. end episode. Would you do a drunken episode? Well, for the year end episode, we just have alcohol. Oh, God. Actually, wait a minute. Rule. I've been we with Steph get... when the drink's been pouring. No, oh. we I'm good. Thinking, oh, no, I think no. we need to do a, a drunken episode with Rachel. Oh, Rachel and Stephanie. That would yeah. be something. All right. Because Rachel, Rachel, Rachel's I, starting to speak to me in the elevators now. I've been hearing about how good she is at pouring drinks. I just, you know, want to find out for myself. Find out for myself. No, she is. She's very good at that. Is Rachel single? Or is she still married? She she is not single. Okay, she's still married. Nice. They've been together yeah. for a long time. Yeah. That's great. Okay. All right. Well, Stephanie, we thank you for coming on. Uh, of course, thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. And your show airs when? 9 a.m. and 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. She's about to walk out right yeah, now. This woman in the bed. Could, could you say that one more time because you got interrupted? 9 a.m. Monday to Friday. 1 p.m. Monday to Friday. On what network? MSNBC. Mm. 
Thank you very much. Gracias. Hey, by the way, I, I know our audience can't see this, but these Tate's cookies, have they been here since? Yes, they've been here the entire time. Those are... <laughs> This is a courtesy of the Sugar Network. Okay. What's Thank the Sugar you. Network? Oh, no, 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 For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, Cheap Caribbean Vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to reu hotels and resorts and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com.